Hello, beautiful people. It is Feel Good Friday, September 2nd, 2022. And this sports show shall commence immediately following his beat drop from Twine. There was, here we go, let's have a show. Football is all the way back. College football delivered in a massive fashion last night. Obviously, Penn State with a thriller late drives down the field in West Lafayette, Indiana, and gets a win over Purdue. Even though I was already sending out texts to all my friends that went to Penn State, letting them know, oh no, you guys stink. James Franklin can't coach his way out of a fucking bag. Instead, Sean Clifford, the 45-year-old, walks right down the field, Six to seven on the final drive. Touchdown, big win. And the Penn State Nittany Lions are 1 0 with a scare. The other game that took place was electrifying, I'm going to be honest. Although the outcome wasn't my uh, favorite. No. Sure. What happened? It was a fucking hell of a game. The backyard brawl was awesome. The backyard brawl was off for 11 years. The backyard brawl was missed by college football fans and football fans and just sporting fans alike by for 11 years. The fact that the world wasn't able to see that game, which is always like that, by the way. I guess there's a couple been blowouts in the history, but if you go back through it, there is always electricity mm. in the air. The fan bases don't like each other. Pitt showed up last night. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Hey, congrats to the University of Pittsburgh student yeah. section and fans yeah. and alumni who are insufferable okay fucking insufferable but congrats to all of them for showing up that might be the last time Acrisure Field Stadium looks that way for a pit game this season honestly Mm -hmm. it is not something that sells out all the time it's off of campus it's not easy to get to for the University of Pittsburgh and there was reports last night that West or yesterday that West Virginia was going to fill up that entire fucking stadium they did not Pitt showed up Mm -hmm. that was amazing to watch I didn't know any of the players on our team Okay, I knew JT Daniels was going to be a guy. Mm-hmm. I knew leg was kicking. I didn't know there was still a Sills uh, on the team on yeah. the D-line. That's awesome. He's a guy. But I learned about a lot of players last night. C.J. Donaldson Jr., yeah. uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton, who ultimately is going to have a rough couple of days yeah. and is going to mm-hmm. be talked about that question. He's going to be questioned about that for a long, long time. This West Virginia team didn't have high expectations going into the season, I don't think. But we got a lot of young guys. We got a fast team. We got an electrifying team. And JT Daniels seems to be... A dog. dog. I like the West Virginia team, although it stinks that they lost. Pitt got a great win. West Virginia, I think, showed up and made me a lot more happier about where the team is. Mm-hmm. And then Penn State Purdue was all the way down to the final drive. It was a magical night for college football last night. The toxic tables here at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. One half of the hammer. Don Cowboys Ten Diggs is here. Our super boost hit. We're undefeated on the season. Is that good, Tone? I don't know. You tell me, pal. It's really good. I said, if even if you don't like West Virginia, it's good value. Seven and a half. It's a key number. It's that, a very, what, very key number. So I'm going to start doing, yeah, six and a half much different than seven and a half, two and a half much different than three and yep. a half. These are all numbers that you have to look at. So whenever it goes to seven and a half, you have to like it in a rivalry game where the jitters are probably going to be there. It was mm-hmm. a little sloppy. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, the jitters are probably going to be there. And then it's going to get, a, I mean, it was a rivalry game. The overhit, which I don't think I expected. I thought it was going to be a lower game. Uh, but what a fucking night for college football. What a day for us. Yeah. yeah. Because we are being joined once again by... A friend of the program. Mm-hmm. In an unprecedented fashion, this man came onto our show weekly throughout an entire NFL season. Mm-hmm. First time won an MVP. That's right. We ran it back for a second time. We won an MVP again. Holy That's right. shit. This man really wasn't known by the masses before this whole thing started. And by the touch 
in the blessing of the football gods, we got to hear his brain spill out through two fucking seasons on this show. Yes, Somehow, some way, I think mostly because of our friendship with Aaron James Hawk, who is friends with him from their time playing together. We were lucky to have these fucking combos. Now, these combos led to some interesting situations. <laughs> Big time. These combos took us to places none of us could have expected, but these combos enlightened us on a human that is one of one, a fucking anomaly. And he is rejoining the show after a lot has happened. <laughs> Conversations from his big old brain with numerous people have obviously sparked conversation and fodder around the entire internet about what's going on in the world, not just the football world. We're lucky to be rejoined once again, ladies and gentlemen, by the back-to-back -back NFL MVP, Mr. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah! You look good, dude. <laughs> yeah. You look good, dude. Thank you, buddy. Hey, you look amazing. You look like you're in great shape. Look like you feel good about life. How is everything over there, man? It's not as good as but oh, that was, you know, that was some fun. I mean, you know, boys, the boys that missed out on that, man, they, they missed out. I agree. And we're kind of rubbing it in Ty Schmidt's face right now, you know, because Ty couldn't come because, you know, hey, baby. Yeah. Hey, baby. Tahoe was a blast. Thank you for that. Is that what it's like every single year out there in the middle of just the most beautiful place on earth that I had no idea existed? For our group? Yeah, it usually is like that. <laughs> what does that mean? What are you talking about? For us, you know, for those of us that stayed at the house, that's that's what it's all about, right there. Yeah, we missed every event. I we was had a good, we had a good first round too. Yes, we did. Hey, mm -hmm. you were fucking playing top ten in the end of that thing. It was a great round. I, I'm scared to death of putting, but I mean, I, I don't know if <laughs> in walking. I mean, what was it, seven miles a day or yep. something like that? Mm -hmm. I, I have no. That was a lot. I did not expect it to be that tough, Aaron. Honestly. Well, you weren't even carrying the bag. I mean, let's give some kudos out to. To Connor, who I mean, actually did the real work. The light bag. Well, excuse me. Yeah. Hey, that guy's a dog. Hey, dog. Big bag, big straps, and it. We didn't empty anything out of it either. So if it ended up in there, it was staying for the entire thing. Oh yeah. I mean, we didn't have a full champagne bottle like AJ did to his brother one year or whatever. But it was loaded in there. Connor, you're the man. Aaron, as are you. Thank you for the hospitality out there, and let's start chatting about it, uh, life a little bit. Since then, you've done some interviews. Um, you've said some things. The entire world has reacted. How have, have you heard any of this? Have you had your blinders on away from it? Have you, in, with training camp taking place and building a team, have you got to experience what you have, you know, started outside of the football world? It's big, Aaron. It's fucking big. It's real life stuff. I'm just hanging out in the light. You see this? <laughs> I'm just enjoying, enjoying the, the opportunity. It's been some fun conversations. Uh, now, you know, I've been on a couple of podcasts and said things, everything I stand behind. Um, not a lot of questions from our local media about any of it. I haven't been asked one time about anything I said on. Uh, I mean, they rarely ask me about stuff I say on your show um, after you scoop them. But uh, whoa, 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 whoa. Good journalism. Good journalism. Yeah. But. Uh, but they, you know, haven't done any follow-ups. But there has been a lot of articles written, and and what it's done is it sparked some incredible conversations for me with uh, teammates, with uh, people that work uh, at the facility, coaches, players from other team, uh, other teams that reached out. I had great conversations with some of the Saints guys about some of the stuff that I said on Aubrey's podcast. 
uh, guys from the Chiefs and went to Kansas City. Um, you know, they're just really interesting conversation that I'm really happy I had the opportunity to talk about my experiences and what it meant for me and what uh, what those journeys uh, did for me and, and my mental clarity and my overall happiness in life. And then getting to talk to Joe, uh, you, you know, Dr. Joe was, uh, was a lot of fun as well. Um, that was, you know, kind of a year in the making after everything that happened last fall and um, obviously, you know, some of the guests that he had on his po- on his uh, you know podcast uh, was uh, you know definitely stirring some shit up across the country. World, and then to go on to go on his show and to kind of talk about uh, what it was like last year was was really cool. But a lot of stuff that we talked about every single week. You know, I came on your show, especially after uh, I got uh, COVID, and then you know subsequently COVID toe, uh, and Tovid. there was a lot to talk about. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff through the last season that we were lucky to be a part of. But I think the reason why, and also you're on Busting with the Boys, you crushed it on there. Shout out to Will and uh, the entire squad. But I think, like, the reason why it gets so big is Rogan has, like, I think 12 or 13 million downloads, allegedly. I mean, who knows what fairy tale numbers he has that downloads every single show because everything that he says is heard by everybody on Earth. So whenever you say change some things in the country, like, there was some world policy being changed, I think, due to some of Rogan's podcasts that took place. And I think all those conversations are vital, though. Like, honestly, I believe, don't you think, and I, and I think that's why this show is the way it is. And when I was getting attacked for giving you a platform to speak it's like we're getting a chance to hear like how fucking aaron Rodgers feels this is uh obviously back-to-back mvp now at this point like don't you think conversation is maybe one of the most powerful things of all time whenever we were out of tahoe and we got to chat it was really cool watching you because i think a lot of people think that you're just this oh i know everything asshole and that, that was not the case at all whenever i got a chance to have some like real convos with you out of tahoe i think evolving through it all and then you, you know, partially being correct. I assume these convos with Rogan, which is from outside the football world. My, I don't want to say, did it feel like legitimacy or did you feel like, was there like, a, you know, I feel good about this because of how you felt the entire time? Or what was it like, you know, going through that whole process with the world hearing you almost for the first time? Well, it, it was great. And I, you know, I say it again, you know, we have uh, two ears and one mouth for a reason. Oh, you know, often with social media and we're all guilty of it uh, you know we speak twice as often as we listen and in order to come together as a country and come together as people and connect you have to listen to other people's opinions and a lot of times opinions that that you don't agree with uh, because the only way to to uh, to test your own belief system and to have it ingrained at a deeper cellular level is to have it challenged Right, not to live in an echo chamber where you're repeating the same things and hearing the same things and locking in the same algorithms that give you the same opinion and belief over and over and over and over again. That's how division happens because there's absolutely zero room for people to connect and at least just listen to what you have to say. At the end of the conversation, it could be, well, I respectfully disagree with that. Awesome. But at least you listen to it. But not even having an open mind, is the, in my opinion, is is the ability to take your brain to a place where you can uh, imagine what it would be like for what that person is saying that you don't agree with to be true. In what world, in a world where that is possibly true, how can I take my mind to that place and sit with that reality? And I, and I think it's an important um, 
you know, lesson to learn or skill to practice is, is to, to listen to understand, not to listen to respond. And I was, you know, really thankful for Joe and for Aubrey for the opportunity to go on those those two because the other ones are fun you know i did bust one of the boys and and uh, pft and some other things and those were oh, yeah, those yeah. are but those yeah. are much shorter you know i've sat with aubrey for over two uh, two and a half hours and joe was over three hours and uh both of those deeply meaningful to me aubrey and i's friendship is is really deep and special and and um you know the connection we have is pretty obvious when you watch that one and then joe and i joe was important for me i reached out to joe at the beginning of the pandemic uh and asked him as I asked a number of other people who had COVID, you know, what did you do to to come back from COVID, and what uh, research did you do? What uh, medicine did you use, and, and how did it make you feel? And how quickly were you back? Because I thought, hey, at some point I might get COVID, and and I need to be ready for it. So I talked to him and a number of other people, and a lot of the people were saying the same things to use, uh, and. So I, and then, you know, I got COVID and obviously my world changed uh, just a little bit. And mine did too. And, yeah, <laughs> but Joe was very supportive and uh, it was fun to be able to go back on a show and kind of close the loop on, uh, on COVID, um, um, you know, before I guess the world is ready to. But um, Joe said something I thought was really, really interesting that I, I, you know, if you didn't hear it, I wanted to share it. But he was talking about responding to Neil Young. And Neil Young was one to take his music off of Spotify because, you know, Joe is this purveyor of misinformation and, and you know, dangerously... Killing people, I believe, is the... Yeah. And, and he said, and Joe said, you know, the, the things that are uh, conspiracy today or the things that are, you know, you know, said to be false today, you know, could be true tomorrow. And... As you're seeing with you know, stuff from the CDC and the NIH just recently uh, <laughs> and other policies uh, and information that's not censored, uh, a lot of the things that we talked about last year that Dr. Malone talked about, that uh, Dr. McCullough talked about, that Alex Berenson talked about, that a number of people talked about on Joe's show turned out to be true. And that's the danger in canceling people for opinions or being so plugged into a mainstream narrative that you're just literally regurgitating information that, you know, let's just be honest here. There's people who have a financial interest in the narrative being a certain way. And a lot of us were caught up in that. Me directly, you and your your guys and I love you guys and I'm so thankful for this platform to, to speak on it but hey, we all we got caught up too. in it love you Aaron. we love, love you too man. Love we you, love you but there's a lot we're more gonna get roasted today, and hopefully you know through what I talked about with some of the ridiculous NFL policies last year and the discrimination hopefully we are shining some light and and furthering a conversation about how not to do what we did ever again yeah can't let that thing repeat obviously as studies continue to come out more information is released i think there's going to be a lot of clarity on what we just experienced for the an actual unprecedented two years of just shutting down the world and you know that i think the cool part about your conversation with old rogan because you two were you know the i mean you were the mvp of the nfl 
talking about it. Rogan had the, has the biggest show on earth talking about it. And you two kind of free thinkers, obviously, open-minded people, and also going against what is being pitched by the government and the people on the TV that you're being forced to watch basically every single day. So you two took big shots. So I think you two coming together for a show to talk about it was brilliant, awesome, and one of the best parts about it, I thought, was when you were reminding people what was actually being said at the time. Because that is something that we've talked about where will we ever find out why and how this happened or will we never talk about this again because it's easy for something to be forgotten about if it's never chatted about. They say only the bangers survive in like art or music or anything. Only the good shit survives because only the good shit is anything that people either continue to play or continue to talk about. All the bad shit drifts away. There's so much stuff that's forgotten and never chatted about if it's not a focal point of conversation by the masses. So I think you reminding how shit actually went, and I think the reason why you remember all these things is because each one of these times these things were said, you were taking more shots, as was Rogan. So like I think... I think that was a big part of that whole conversation as well as we move forward, Mr. Rogers. Yeah, you bring up a great point. And I said it on Rogan. I said, let's not revise history. Let's remember what, what was said, what was said, what was pushed. And that was in the beginning, you get this shot, you won't get COVID and you won't, you can't transmit COVID. Yeah. Which we know was either an out and out lie intentionally or, uh, you know, a statement that never should have been said and then should have been revised. Misinformation. But- it was 100% misinformation. But they, but those people who were saying those things weren't getting censored or taken off of Twitter, deplatformed. But other people on the other side who were experts, you know, had posts flagged, had their accounts suspended, taken off of social media. Yeah. That's, that's the danger. Free speech is not dangerous. Censored speech is dangerous. When in the course of human history okay. has any government ever protected its citizens by restricting speech, you can't you can't give me an example. It's not possible. You cannot give me an example of that ever happening. Hey, I'm on your side here, 100% what you're saying. I love free speech, love conversation, love people learning about stuff because I'm from Pittsburgh. I've gotten to meet people from all over the world and all over the country. And believe it or not, like people have different views because of how they came up, what their life is, what they've experienced. It's just natural to have those conversations and open conversation. Free speech needs to happen, even with the assholes. Hey, we need assholes to be out there so we know what not to be, too. Like, I, I, I think that is a big part of the world right now where we get. Do you have a bug zapper in the back of your room there that you're chatting? Is that what you're giving a great answer, <laughs> passionate answer? I didn't want to interrupt, but it sounded like 45 yeah. bugs were just getting slaughtered in the back at the same time. Let's cut that re-ask the question <laughs> <laughs> and now no all good damn coffee machine it does goes to this sounded like press. French press it does so. 15 minutes after it's you know done you know pumping out copies so i had to it's a coffee machine. a couple cops so i was ready to rock and roll this morning and yeah that jaw and just keep on punching man boomla, boomla, boomla. <laughs> you know get that get the tank top on and really come and have a conversation I, yeah i wanted to make you feel as comfortable as possible because i missed you you know i've been talking to all these other people and some people I really like, and some people just fun conversations. But, you know, like, this is my home here. You Come, know? On. Come, Hell on. Yeah. Come on. Hell yeah. Come like, on. I just want to make you – I didn't have a – I didn't have a for the brand shirt. I have this yeah. other shirt that, uh, you know, that was gifted to me that I think you're really going to like. But I just said, what do I want to wear today to make Pat feel the love that I feel for him? Yeah. Black tank, bro. Man, you know what they say. 
Imitation is the greatest form of flattery. That's right. Lou Holtz just that. said that to Ty. Aaron, I don't know if you saw the what Ty was uh, Lou Holtz for a little bit talking about the Brian Kelly situation. Lou Holtz saw it. His foundation quote tweeted it and said, uh, save the expletives. That's exactly how I feel. <laughs> so I would like to let you know I am incredibly flattered. And we are very thankful that you're back here having a conversation with us. And we've enjoyed listening to you chat. Listen, it is awesome hearing you kind of, I don't want to say introduce yourself to people, but you are. A lot of people knew fucking nothing about you. And although our show does alarmingly good, alarmingly uh surprisingly, shockingly well, and it will end at some point. There's a lot of people that never listen to this fucking show that still think the same way about Aaron Rodgers as they had maybe before Aaron Rodgers Tuesday started two seasons ago. So whenever you host Jeopardy and you do all this shit and you go, anytime I think you get a chance to showcase your fucking hilariously large brain and deep thinking ass, hippie ass, I think it is awesome. Like, I, I enjoy it so much. We love that you're back, though. And we've, we have a lot to catch up on. How you feel about football? You feel good about football? How's training camp been? Obviously, with all the conversation, changing the world, reminding people of stuff, you got fucking football happening right now. How's that? Everything, life is good, huh? Yeah, life is great, man. I got Tom Clements back in the room. We're having a blast. He's a Pittsburgh guy, you know? He might not be a West Virginia guy, but he's a Pittsburgh guy. Uh-huh. So you know he's, you know he's gritty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, West Virginia should have won that game last night. Yeah, Aaron. I, I mean, they had a completion there that would have put him, you know, mm-hmm. you know, getting close to field goal range. Guy runs it back for a pick six. That guy, that guy had a great game. Did you see that? Had a fucking tackle on uh, punt, two Next touchdowns. Tackle. Yeah, well, it was, yeah. it was, yeah, it was shoulder tackle. Yeah, <laughs> he, he tackled. He just had big arms. You know, that wasn't illegal at all. And then we had a catch to end the game. They called incomplete. Obviously, they overturned that. There was a couple targeting. The refs didn't want us to win. Okay, the refs didn't want West Virginia to win. But I thought it was a fucking beautiful game. Do you watch a lot of college football? Last night's environment got me feeling like, oh, football's back. Like last night made that happen to me. Look, I'll be honest, I only stumbled upon the game because I was looking for Serena and Venus playing doubles. <laughs> so I can understand. I understand. They lost. On ESPN, but, uh, but it was on ESPN, uh, the Ocho, I think. So So on ESPN was Pitt in uh, West Virginia, which I have a connection to. Uh, old quarterback coach Frank Signetti is coaching uh, at Pitt. And Graham Harrell, the legend. Oh, yeah. Legend. Offense coordinator at West Virginia, so I definitely had some uh, some rooting interest going on there. But uh, and obviously, you know, Pat, my affection for you, I was yeah, you know, yeah I, I can't deny it. I was pulling for the the Mountaineers, but you know, oh, yeah. when and then they almost went some. Yeah, so they yeah, yeah. Well, the only person I knew on the team was fucking Graham Harrell. So you know, like, <laughs> so after last night, I thought the team played great. Like, I'm actually excited to be a West Virginia fan this year. They looked fast. They had some situations where I was like, oh, this is a good football team. Because in years past, you watch and you go, oh, this is a JV football team playing against other colleges. So I think Graham Harrell's in, impact has already been felt. And, you know, after those conversations about him out at Tahoe, can't help but pull for fucking Graham Harrell to have success. Yep. Honestly, cannot help, especially those Fridays that mm-hmm. he would have. All those Fridays where he would be committed, you know, to to the team so giving much. Back. Giving back. to the community. I mean, that is a guy that we fucking want to have in West Virginia for a long time. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers, Aaron. Let's do it. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> you sore? 
No soreness? I know you're tripping balls on ayahuasca like, what, two months ago, three months ago? <laughs> and now you're doing training camp? There's other guys that, what, they just train all day, yep. every day. Uh, right. They drink water. All they do is eat. You're out here tripping your face off, mm -hmm. okay? And then you show up at training camp and win the MVP. Are you feeling good? Body feeling good? I feel great. I feel I feel great. I, You know, it, it is fun having Tom back. Tom makes uh, makes that room uh, so much fun. We just have such a great rapport. We have years and years of memories, and most of them was when I was a younger player. You know, although he left, I think, in twenty after the 2016 season, so it wasn't that long ago. But he was my direct quarterback coach in the room from 2006 uh, through 2011, and a lot of fun, fun memories together. So having him back has been great. Uh, obviously, Jordan and I get along really well and have a great time, and it's been fun to watch him continue to develop and, and really hone his fundamentals throughout training camp. And then Danny Etling in the room as well, who's a read option uh, samurai. You know, he's <laughs> he's the man. Uh, it's a really fun quarterback room. And then Connor Lewis, a uh, longtime good friend, uh, kind of Swiss Army knife coach. He does. Uh, he did analytics in the beginning, and then he was in the quarterback room. Then he was out of the quarterback room doing special teams. Now he's back in the quarterback room. Brilliant guy and a lot of fun to be around. So I love the quarterback room the way it is right now. That kind of sets the tone for the entire day at work. <clears throat> and then the team, you know, it's it's a it's a young team, and there's a lot a lot of fun with that. There's a lot of young energy and excitement with the guys. You know, look at I think we have 21 new guys as opposed to last year, which I don't know if that I don't know what the exact number is. That seems to be a little bit maybe above the uh, uh, the mean, uh, but I, I really enjoy uh, coming to work with these guys and, and the challenge of uh, you know reconnecting and and raising up leadership and empowering guys and connecting with guys. I, I will say the thing that has been most fun out of anything, and I was really hoping for this, especially after the last couple of years, is a return to normal. And what I mean by that is not a new norm, you know, not a new normal. You no! Know, no, 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 no. Talked about. I'm talking about a return to normal, meaning, you know, especially for us non-vax guys who, you know, <laughs> went through hell last year. Uh, being able to little things like being able to go to dinner on the road in San Fran preseason, being able to have an O-line dinner in Kansas City with about 20 of us, and prank the young lineman with a you know twenty-five thousand dollar bill, which you know, it was 10 times above what it actually was, I think. And, you know, having the opportunity to do those type of things, having a team party like we had a few days ago, that's what I missed. I missed those connection times. And, and, and it's something as silly and stupid. I don't even know why they did this, but there's the tables are back in the locker room. Now, this, might, this means nothing unless you kind of understand the locker room, but the locker room is shaped like an oval, right? And everybody's facing each other. That was Mike Sherman... Uh, designed so that you know there's no right angles in the locker room so we're all kind of facing inward right well they also, they've always had these tables in the locker room and on the tables is that's the hangout you know yeah. well the last couple of years everybody's been sitting their ass in the locker and when you sit in your locker all you're doing is looking at your device right now we got these tables finally back and they have these little round chairs and now every single day in training camp <clears throat> you walk in the locker room from the cafeteria or, or from uh, equipment room or whatever, and guys are hanging out. Guys are playing cards. Guys are playing dominoes. Guys are playing, you know, uh, whatever game might be. Spades. Guys are playing uh, euchre. Guys are playing boo ray over there. Boo ray. Yeah, I mean, guys are hanging out, you know, and that's talk, you know, and 
that's what I love to see. I love to see the opportunity for those connection points, and um, and that that's what's exciting is is the return to the old norm, right? Not this, you know, not a new norm, an old norm where guys hang out and enjoy each other and spend time together. I love that, and that's been probably the most fun part of camp. I just love how much, like, fuck you you still have for that whole, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they're not that new norm, okay? <laughs> not the things that people were telling me that I'm going to have to prepare myself for. I'm talking about what life was like before Uncle 19 came through and literally hit us all with a train of fucking misery and conflict and chaos and ultimately a lot of fear. And I think that is hopefully subsiding a little bit as we move forward. But that locker room sounds amazing. Amazing. That's what that's the part that everybody misses when they retire. You know, that's what everybody's talking about. And it sounds like for the last two years, these young guys, especially with how good of the fucking teams you had, didn't have a that's a massive part of team building, I think. You know, like I walk into that team, let's say you guys need a punter. I do not have this show, I'm not successful, I'm working out, I'm punting. I walk into one of those tables, I sit down, I get down a 50 first handed tonk, and I turn that thing over. My relationship with everybody in that building is gonna be much different than if I have to go sit in my locker not chat with anybody that happens not just with my position but everybody that's huge aaron i think that's a big fucking deal has to make life somewhat you enjoying it a lot more now i would assume yes i've been enjoying it since i did ayahuasca so uh the last few years have been have been great <laughs> hold on okay okay let's dive into that because no. we can talk, we can talk let about, me finish my answer bro no no let me talk about the oh no no yeah you're right loving football loving no, football go yeah, ahead, go we'll, ahead. no then we'll talk ayahuasca because i got a lot of questions i got a lot of questions <laughs> let's let's you're loving football though since ayahuasca why new new bright mindset new vision on things new look at things well how come yeah mental health bro it starts with self-love and when you increase that then you're able to pass that on more easily and Listen, the locker room is where the chemistry takes place. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of great things that happen on the practice field, and obviously in the game and outside the facility is fun and dinners and different things. But the locker room is that's the core of that connection, right? That's where the inside jokes happen. That's where you know the you know the pranks happen and the and the connection and the conversation. And you got dudes. You know, freestyle rapping in one corner. You got guys playing spades in the other corner. You got me and Dave scheming prank plots in the other corner. And you got, you know, and you got the random specialist in the other corner, you know, talking about the, you know, Joseph Smith or whatever. So there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on in that locker room. I'm not talking about any gold plates. That's where the, uh, you know, that's where the connections happen. I I mentioned Joseph Smith not as a slight to uh, the, uh, the LDS at all, but. I did make a joke with our new punter, Pat O'Donnell. He showed up. Uh, <clears throat> he showed up to the plane, and I said, "I said, are you on your mission?" Because he looked like, uh, you know, like a Mormon, uh, you know, door-to-door Mormon guy. Yeah, show up on a bike. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then Pat's got a great sense of humor. What did he do? Pat punters, you know, this has got to be something about Pat and punters, right? Respect. I got back to my locker one day, and there's uh, a Book of Mormon in my locker. Yes. I like this. Pat's a good dude. Sounds like Pat's a good dude. I like that. <laughs> and, he, and I open it up, and this is where, like, he really understood, you know, me and my sense of humor and my intellect, and, and I got a glimpse of his. He had, I opened it up, and I was looking through, and I was like, you know, there's, like, highlights and underlines and, like, pan marks in there, and I was thinking, 
did Pat, did he go find this at like a secondhand, <laughs> you know, bookstore and he put it in my locker? Uh, no. In fact, he had taken time and gone through because he knew of my, you know, he know how detail oriented I am, I am and, and, and that I would probably look through it and, and try and find some clues in there. He had gone through it and highlighted and underlined and written, written in pen stuff He's to make it seem like this was like a used Book of Mormon. So it was a multi-layered, uh, multi-layered uh, joke there, and I appreciate it. And then Dal he read a Bible to he read a Bible to have a follow-up joke for you. That's awesome. <laughs> that is, I love this guy. Hope he punts well there for a long time. Got it. He's got a, He's got a great leg, and he's you know what he's he's a really well-groomed punter. He always comes in. That hair is on point. The eyebrows are on point. The yeah. facial hair is on point. Like, yeah. You know, between him and Mason, there's not a lot of hair gel left in the city. Hey! <laughs> I see what you did there. Your hair looks great too, right now. Long. Hey, thank you. Yeah, it's it's, it's you know. Have you been? You never know. Have you been growing that hair since ayahuasca? Yes. Ah, oh, good it's- transition, Pat. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, what the fuck happened with that? You know, and how did you end up dabbling with it? Because I feel like that's a massive decision. You and I chatted about it a little bit at Tahoe. I've obviously encountered humans in the past that have done the ayahuasca and the other potential hallucinogens or whatever the title is that's big deal. That's like a, you're going there thinking that you're going to transform, right? Isn't that kind of what happened? Everybody that I've talked to, before going, after going, different people afterwards. And it's all, every, t- every person I've talked to has been for the good. Let's assume, just because we don't want to paint a broad brush, some people have had a bad one or whatever, but it's a transformative decision you have to make, right, to go take that. And it seems like football-wise, it's worked with you. Hair-wise, obviously, it's, yeah. Yeah. it's worked Top incredibly nine. well. But what, that was a transformative decision that you decided to go do that? And did you know it was going to change you forever? I mean, I hoped for sure. I mean, I, can, I don't think you can ever know for certain when you're dealing with uh, master plant teachers. But uh, what's that? Ayahuasca, like it's a master plant teacher. That's what I'm. I'm oh, saying. you're not. You're talking about the plant itself. Yeah, I think there's some master plant teachers from you know. Okay. Ayahuasca and and uh, uh, Wachuma, uh, peyote. And, I'm not, I haven't done those uh, those other ones, but there's Cannabis. there's many master plant teachers right. that that people have been using for thousands and thousands of years. There's churches set up across the country that serve some of these medicines and have deep and meaningful experiences. For me, it just came down to, uh, you know, a high school best friend and I having a round of golf and talking about his recent uh, ayahuasca experience. You met him, uh, Jordan. Uh, oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. Jordan. inspired me to do it uh, because I was searching for a deeper level of self-love and went down to Machu Picchu in Peru and had magical experiences there uh, in in Peru in the Sacred Valley, and and then uh, had a couple really interesting nights on the medicine, and came back a changed person. Uh, wanted to leave myself open to doing that again um, in a different setting, in a different place, with a different group, and ended up doing that again this off season, and had a absolutely beautiful experience. Uh, set for more nights. Uh, this time, three and, and two the first time, three the second time, um, and had really difficult night one, beautiful night two, and then kind of a mixed bag night three, which with a really uh, beautiful kind of conclusion to the ceremony. And 
uh, you know, it just it changes the way you look at the world. You, you feel way more connected, and it starts with a self-love. And when you have that unconditional love for yourself, it's way easier to then transfer that to the people that matter in your life, and honestly, the people that don't matter, so that I can, you know, say with with honesty to my detractors and haters and whoever it is, like, I don't have bitterness towards you. I don't, I don't have animosity. I have nothing but love and appreciation for where you're at in your life, on your life path, and, and all the different uh, emotions that that impact our personality and our decision making and in our belief system on a daily basis. And uh, it allows me to relate to my teammates better, to relate to the coaches better, to relate to my, my close friends and loved ones better. And, and really, most importantly, out of all of it, it's not selfish, but to relate to myself, you know, and then uh, to to shed judge, self-judgment and, and uh, all the... Uh, projections that I put on myself um, to really shed those and to find a deep and, and transformative self-love uh, for everything that I am and everything that I'm not and, and then go out in the world and try and uh, try and love people in the same way. Do you think that you're fighting who you were for a long time because you're this hippie brainiac who is like the best player to ever play the most meathead sport of all time? Do you think you were just kind of Confused? That's why you were trying to find and figure out who you were with ayahuasca the first trip? Or what do you think it is? What do you think it was that made you appreciate yourself and, you know, understand who you are more? Because it felt like you being yourself more is probably how everything kind of changed for you in a positive way. What do you think it was? I think we're all products in some sense of our uh, upbringing. You know, there's a lot of conditioning that goes on um, and a lot of uh, patterns that are formed. Uh, many just naturally as you acquire them from your parents or uh, uh, siblings or surroundings or environment. Some of them are based on survival, and I'm not talking about life or death. Some, for some people, yes, life or death, but more just uh, surviving the day and surviving uh, the emotions that come up. And, and, and for me, a lot of the things that I learned or patterned were uh, very uh, self-critical. And on one hand, I do appreciate it because that... Uh, self-criticism drove me to be the best and and to not be satisfied with where I was at, to not be complacent, to not uh, make decisions that would adversely affect my future in a negative way. And so I'm thankful for that. But there comes a time where uh, shame and guilt and self-projection and and self-rejection and self-criticism can get in the way of the true connection to yourself that allows you to love yourself better and then to allow others um, to love you as well uh, in a deeper and more meaningful way. So that's really what I what I went down to Peru uh, looking for and hoping for was just a greater self-love and an understanding of what that means um, on a deep cellular level uh, and shedding some of the shame and guilt uh, and conditioning that I learned as a child. And again, this is not a projection onto uh, my family life or the environment I grew up in, uh, it's it's just uh, um, what became the reality to me and and how I kind of maneuvered in my world as a 5-year-old, as a 10-year-old, as a 15-year-old, as a 20-year-old. And uh, it, it was through a lot of self-judgment, um, not feeling good enough or lovable or whatever it might be. And so the, the goal was to really shed those things and to to find a deeper self-love and with the hopes and the ideas that uh, a deeper self-love would lead to more contentment and peace, which would lead to a more clear mind, uh, which would lead to being a better leader and a better player and, and having the success in the field that I knew I was still capable of doing. Seems like you fucking found it, buddy. Hell yeah. Hell yeah.
Congratulations. Made the right decision. Gotta feel pretty good but about we're, it. We're, we're, listen, listen, the work continues. You know, it's 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 constantly trying to evolve and adapt and 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 what do you got there? A seven hundred page book that you said people should read with your book club. Who <laughs> didn't read it? <laughs> Who? Is that fingerprints of the gods? Yeah. 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 Look, it, I mean it's that's what it's all about. It's about leveling up. For you, it might not be that. For you, it might be starting with the boy, the mole, the the horse, and the fox, right? I said that in the wrong order, but... Yeah, or the Trebek, the answer is. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, right. But or I, the... My friend. Hey, but Great I think, I, think, hey, I think we saw some of you continuing to work on yourself though through this book club. Don't you think? Yeah, I think we all did. Yes, I think so. I think it was cool that you were doing that. And I was like, in my, while you're st stating these books, I'm like, God damn, this feels like literally books he's currently going through right now as you're going through an entire process. It's been an honor. Most of the books I read in the, in the last couple of years, for sure. Yeah. Well, I want to let you know, it's been an honor to be a part of this entire Aaron Rodgers appreciates what the fuck Aaron Rodgers is for the first time in his entire life uh, era here. It's been very cool. It's been very nice. I think we should make an announcement right now, don't you? Yeah, I think we should. All right. You want to say it? Me? We didn't rehearse. I, I, I want you to say it. In an unprecedented move. What? <laughs> for the third consecutive season. What? All right. Conversations that rattled the sports globe. What? Why? Emotions that were high, low, and all the emotions in between. What? What? Yeah, I didn't know how I was going to get that many what's in there. Anyways, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday is back for season three. Let's go! Let's go! Hey, this thing has been a full... Hey, we're talking, right? I mean, it's been all over the place. Not feeling low, but the reaction to some episodes were rather negative, 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 negative. And then you know what you would do that next week? You'd go throw for fucking four touchdowns, mm -hmm. two incompletions, what? and then we go back and have the whole conversation. It's been an honor to ride the wave of a season two times in a row alongside of you and for it to become the third. This is awesome. You're awesome, and we appreciate the fucking hell out of you, Aaron. Listen, Pat. Get your speedo on, get your longboard out, because this is a long right that we're jumping on here. Yeah. We're, we're gonna ride this thing all the way down. No, nah, I'm not hopping up there. <laughs> we're, we're gonna do this whole thing. Uh, I can't thank you enough. I know Ty has some questions for you, so are the boys, is that okay? Yeah, come on. Hey, let's have a fucking season three of Woo! ART. Hell yeah. Huh? Let's go, we're back, bro. You know. I know we're in the middle of self-love, no pressure, no animosity, no bitterness, but you don't win an MVP this year, I'm going to be so pissed. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because uh, we, we have a streak, you know what I mean? I mean, we'll bring everything we can. Uh, we're just, like, the fact that you've won the MVP both years that we've done this has been hilarious. And when we look back on it, we'll say, what a fucking joke this life has been. Uh, but it's been really cool. This is a whole new team you're working with. It's going to be a whole new season. Let's go, dude, huh? Let's go. I just... Just need a couple people counting us out. That's all we need. And I think they're already out there. Aaron, there's a lot of them, pal. Well, you know that. This one isn't a guy, though. Ty Schmidt, your question for No, absolutely Rogers. not. Aaron, great to see you. It's been a while. You look great. Your hair looks great. You look physically fit. Um, hope you enjoyed your summer. I think you did. Um, 
A lot of people were talking about, you know, the comments you made with the receivers kind of needing to pick up their play and, and get ready because once the season starts, you know, we don't really have a choice. Have you found yourself in like a more active coaching role almost with those guys? And do you feel like they've come along uh, to the point like you expected them to be at this point right on the precipice of the season? Well, again, Ty, great question. Yeah! So thank you. Thank you. Yeah, Misty and Tahoe. But uh, I think as you get older, you have to step into that more of a more of a coaching role. And I love those opportunities. You know, I think it's important anytime that uh, I'm speaking up in a meeting that those guys take notes because I'm not just speaking for my health. That I'm, I'm usually dropping some things that may come up at some point during the year. And I think it's important that everybody's dialed in on the same page and paying attention and and I will say those those young guys have really have come along. Now we got to get uh, Samari, you know, a, a little bit more focused. Um, but he is very very talented. I'm starting with him, our seventh round pick, Samari Toure. Um And I thought he had a really nice camp and did some great things uh, and improved his last game. And again, like six catches for 80 yards and and kind of basically won his spot on, on the last game, and, and I give him a lot of credit. Um, but the other two guys I think can really make an uh, immediate impact for us. I'm talking about Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. Let's go, boys. Uh, it was good having uh, Christian back at practice. He missed a lot of practice. And during that time, what was going on? Romeo was getting a ton of love, right? He was getting mm-hmm. a lot of pub. He was making plays in practice. He was making plays in games. Um, the thing I like about uh, Rome's that I saw right away was that he's a humble kid. And with that humility comes a really good perspective that I haven't done shit yet. And so I'm going to make sure, uh, you know, I'm improving every single day uh, because it's one thing to do it in the preseason. It's another thing to do it in the regular season. And I really like his approach and his work ethic. And overall, he's just a great kid. He really is. And uh, excited to have him out there. Christian you know, missed a lot of time with his knee injury. And then he gets on the field the first couple of days, and you're thinking, who is this nine right here? I mean, he is big. Uh, I might need to change Dave's, uh, you know, Dave Bakhtiari's nickname because this kid might be the, the new baby giraffe. I mean, he's <laughs> he's maybe more like a deer because he's out there just prancing around and <laughs> flying around on the field. I mean, this dude's got incredible stride length. And, and really, uh, for a man who's 6'5", like his speed is – is legit so it was nice having him. he's a different different type of receiver than we've had that guy a guy that big with that type of stride length and that speed um so again we're going to temper expectations for sure and i did say earlier in camp you know romeo might be held to a different standard than it's a normal rookie but um but we we still need to temper expectations of those guys and realize they are rookies but i, I am impressed with uh with all three of those guys um and you know i think you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But we're going to need those guys to step up and play well when they get a chance. When it comes to holding those guys accountable, that's what we do. You know, they ask me a question about receivers. They have a shit day. I'm going to tell them they had a shit day. They have a week where they don't play good. You know, I'm going to talk about it. But we're also going to love each other up and hold each other accountable and pat each other on the ass when we're making good plays and, and you know, get serious when we need to have a better performance. But... Um, I like the approach from those guys. Christian asks a lot of questions. So does Romeo. A lot of questions, and and their real, their goal is is improvement and getting on the same page. And um, when you pair that with the veterans that we got, which I tell you what, you know, Sammy Watkins and Randall Cobb have practiced as good as I've seen 
uh, receivers practice in the last few weeks. Haven't you know, heard about it at all. Nope. Haven't heard about it at all. In a long time. So yeah. we're really those guys. And obviously I love Allen and, and trust him a lot. So I like the group that we got. Uh, we get the big giraffe back and uh, big sexy Elton Jenkins. You know, we, we should be uh, – should be in a good place offensively. All right, we got baby giraffe, big sexy, big giraffe. <laughs> I mean, this offense sounds like a like quite a phenomenon of people. What do you? Th- hey, let's got, assume got the mayor, the mayor, AJ a. Dillon, the mayor. Oh yeah, oh, Door uh, County of all of Wisconsin. Uh, mostly Door County. Okay, he's a, he's shaking a lot of hands. He's got those quads though. Uh-huh. He's hey, I'm big. I'm grow. He ran over that mascot. You talked to him about killing that mascot. Did you see that? Didn't feel bad. <laughs> hey, you got to do what you got to do. That guy signed up for a fucking one-on-one with A.J. Dillon. You got the ball or not, pal? I guess that's what you said to him? I mean, it's like, would you rather get run over by A.J. Dillon or a roundhouse from Chuck Norris? I don't know. Not sure. That could Close. be C, huh? All of the above. <laughs> um, what, what do you think? is? Because let's assume that these guys are watching this, right? Just like every coach's press conference that has said the players all hear exactly what he said about the players because of that. Same thing with you, especially with rookies that are going to have to do business with you that are wide receivers. You said let's temper expectations. They're still rookies, even though we're going to hold them to a higher standard because they're going to have to perform more. What are some things that they're going to encounter, you think, that are like just hiccups, like – have you talked to them about that? Like, there's going to become a coverage, a human. Like, what do you think is going to be the issue with the young wide receiver in your timing, or maybe you having ultimate success early? Speed. That's it. That that it really is it. Um, and also, I believe it's uh, this is a double entente here. Uh, hmm. in speed. Who was the main star in the movie Speed? Do you remember? Kiyoi. Yeah. And whose birthday is it today? Well, happy birthday, Aaron. Yeah. It's Keanu's birthday. Oh, okay. Happy birthday, Keanu Reeves, dude. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mr. Wick. Appreciate you, dude. Uh, Greatest actor of a generation. But uh, to return to your answer, it is speed. So I don't mean the necessarily the speed of the game because obviously it gets a little faster from regular season to, uh, from preseason to regular season. But the speed at which your brain must operate uh, and still be able to leave room for reaction. So the worst thing that a player, any player, young player, old player can do is be robotic. You know, be so locked into what you're doing, you can't leave any room for reactions and instincts. Uh, when it comes to rookies, it is hard to be able to feel comfortable with what you're doing and leave room for the reactions because your mind starts running a million miles an hour. And when you talk about the game slowing down, right, this is fun thing, sports talk. You know, the game slowed down for you. What does that actually mean? Well, it doesn't mean you're slowed down. It means your mind has relaxed enough to make room for reactions and instincts to, to enter. And that's going to be the, the biggest uh, challenge for them. And it's going to take a play or two plays or a game. Uh, you know, could be game one, could be game 17. Uh, thanks, uh, NFLPA. But could be game 17 um, where it kicks in. Hopefully game one or two or three. It's something early on. But uh, but I'm sure they'll uh, they'll figure it out. They're good kids. They, they, they really care about it. And they ask good questions. And they're supremely talented. So, um so it's just a speed. Once the once the brain slows down and the uh, the allow room for the reactions and the instincts, 
the game becomes a little bit easier. Hey, good luck out there, boys. Figure yeah, it out. Luck. Tell your brain to figure out what the brain needs to do. All right? And the NFLPA is going to be pumped with how you delivered that, you know, 17-game sure. monologue there. A lot of money, though, coming into the league. Mm-hmm. There's going to be 18 games next year or the year after that. Whenever it can happen, there's going to be 18 games. I don't want to, I don't want to be the bearer of bad news. We're not going to get into it. Connor, your question for Aaron Rodgers? <laughs> yeah, Aaron, I'd love to hear your thoughts about Ukraine, but I know AJ wants to ask you about that maybe next time. Uh, have you followed the Trey Lance-Jimmy G situation at all, and do you think that is kind of going to mess up the locker room dynamic? Yeah, I'll give you my answer next week. I want to save that for when AJ's there. Smart. He probably uh, has a take or two as well yeah. on the whole thing. We have not heard yet. So. I'm sure, though. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, I think a lot of us were thinking, and Jimmy, I think, admitted himself that he was probably going to be somewhere else, right? You know, he's played at a high level for a long time. He's one of those guys who you know can step in and play and play well. Um and the Niners obviously said they want to move on uh, with Trey as their quarterback. Uh, he, you know, you've seen some clips. We saw him in person. You know, he can definitely throw it, and he can definitely run all over the place. He's uh, super athletic. Uh, but uh, second-year guy, I think Jimmy's been in the league, what, uh, seven or eight or nine at this point? It's, it's been a while, right? So you have yeah. a veteran quarterback and a young quarterback on the same team. Uh, I don't think, you know, the, the media loves to do the, you know, Pick, pick sides game, right? Like, oh, how many people are on, uh, are on Trey's side and how many people on Jimmy's side? That, to me, that idea ex- really only exists outside the locker room. In a locker room, and you know, Pat, you've been in the locker room, it's, it's a brotherhood, it's, it's friendly, uh, it's, it's camaraderie, it's friendship, it's, you know, it's, com- it's competition. But in the end, you know, it's whoever's taking snaps, that's who we're we're getting behind now every now and then there might be a guy who's best friend to somebody who might harbor some ill will and you know really wished their guy was playing but you know the, the game's about winning right and when you win whoever's calling the shots whoever's making the plays that's who we're riding with and that's who we're rolling with and everybody gets on board um that's yeah it, that's it, the big know, part i don't Aaron. think it, i don't think it's an issue now if they lose some games and struggle you know there'll be some heat outside the building inside the building I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's it's a very direct environment in the locker room. You know, guys have voiced their opinion. I mean, who do you think should be playing? Who could be playing? Like, people get it. It's a business. You draft a kid in the first round, the kid's going to play at some point, right? Yeah. The guy's winning MVPs, the kid's going to play at some point. Yeah, you're 100% right. I, I just think it's if they win, it's all good. I, that just seems like a tough decision, but it sounds like Jimmy G and Trey are actually like – Boys, boys, and Jimmy said, spoke glowingly, as did Trey. I think that'll help out immensely in the locker room. Let him, they probably also let him be. Yeah, you exactly. Know, yeah, friends, yeah. there's not, there's really, truly not a lot of animosity in the locker room. You know, it's 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 our guys. You know, and and you're not best friends with everybody on the team, but but there's a lot of really good close friendships in the locker room. You know, and and it's not bullshit when I stand in front of my locker and and speak glowingly about Jordan and the things I'm seeing him doing well. In the, in the preseason and in practice, like I'm not like doing that for some sort of, you know, uh, virtue signaling or whatever. I'm doing that because I love them. I care about them. I want them to do well. When I see them out there doing well, man, it fires me up. When I see them drop back and one hits and throw a fucking dime, I'm like, yes, homie, yes. Here we go, Jordan. And I bet it's the same with with Jimmy and Trey. You know, like Jimmy probably, you know, he's a competitor. He probably wanted to be somewhere and be a chance to be a starter. But, you know. Say la vie. It is what it is. He's going to be there. He'll be a great teammate, I'm sure. And if 
you know, if something happens or if they struggle, like, you know, he'll be ready to, ready to jump in. Yeah, it'll get figured out. I think that's what everybody just assumes it'll get figured out. But it's going to be – if it uh, – I think they're setting – whatever. We'll move on. Uh, I'm excited. They're going to be a good team. So he just needs to play within himself and they'll be fine. they got a great defense. they got playmakers. they got a great play caller, head coach. They'll be just fine. And that's that brain thing you were talking about with the wide receiver, probably a quarterback position even more so for the younger guys, huh? Yeah. Because that makes you what? Kind of press everything, I'd assume, right? I mean, the timing. You play faster, the timing is a little bit off. You know, you're one hit, you're two inches instead of one inch, and you're maybe bouncing the pocket, maybe leaving the pocket early, and not just kind of sitting and letting things kind of just progress as you're playing, playing on time. Playing on time isn't playing slow. It's it's actually playing fast. Playing uh, too quickly is playing uh, off time, and off time is off balance, and off balance is inaccurate. Of course. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Hey, I have a great fucking weekend. Last year, with the sales of the Aaron Rodgers Book Club t-shirts, we raised $100,000. Wow. Yeah. We'll be donating that to a few different reader advocacy groups. We have found three. We're going to find a couple more. I think we're going to give 20000 to each for a total of five. Uh, you did a lot of great work, not only on the field last year, on this show. For the readers around the globe, the book club was a smashing success. Can't wait to see what we do this year if we have another season of that. And uh, we know Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays will be awesome. We appreciate you, man. Hey guys, uh, I'm excited. I have some books in mind if if we run it back. Okay. But big kudos to you guys and the boys and everybody that makes that show so special. I cannot wait for season three. I promise you, it's unprecedented. It's gonna be fire. Yeah, yeah! ladies and gentlemen, uh, you look tank top. Hair pulled back, mustache. You look fucking awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, the back-to-back MVP and host of season one, two, and now three, Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you, buddy. Football! Hour two is on its way. A lot of tweets last night about people just tweeting what their topic uh, that they cover is. Yeah, I saw that. I loved everything about it. Uh, We talk mostly football because we are football stooges, Mm -hmm. sports stooges to be exact, the toxic table. At Ty Schmidt, at Boston Connor. Boys, I haven't heard a lot out of you today because we had just had a 55-minute conversation with Aaron. Mm -hmm. I apologize for that, but that was a lot of fun, Ty. Yeah, it was awesome. Good to see our guy. looks happy. Great to have him back, you know. I am very excited for this season, and hearing all that stuff he said about the receivers has got me feeling a little bit better than I think I was, you know, going into the show this morning temper expectations he said we do have rookie wide receivers that we're depending upon there's going to be some learning curves but it sounds like he's very comfortable yeah tables are back in the locker that's right huge playing cards again the team's coming together they're going to have to a lot of new faces going to have to make some magic for them at boston connor last time we saw that guy lake tahoe what a time yeah it was nice to reminisce i kind of it's it's almost like it that was two years ago at this point because of this journey we've been on to football and now it's here just kind of looking forward but yeah tahoe was amazing it was nice to you know remember those good times and look forward to this whole season of good Tahoe, Tahoe was kind of like our ayahuasca trip. Yeah, know? exactly. Change our mindset on things. It yeah. truly was. Find out that that exists out there. What a beautiful place. Yeah, that is the Mecca of California. It is definitely. By oh. far. Impossible to get to. Mm-hmm. Impossible to get to. You got to go by land, air, and sea to yes, get you there. Do. Yeah, you do. But the, the place we were staying at that was his house, overlooking Lake Tahoe, with a full mountain range in the back that people, I guess, destination snowboard and ski on. Uh It was amazing out there, dude. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Now, 
I know. Um, Tone Diggs is not Foxy. This is Tone Diggs. <laughs> oh, did you say Foxy? <laughs> no, no, yeah, but I thought Foxy was going to say something. But once he's in another room, so you can't see him. He's behind a wall. So don't worry about that. You had a great thought. Go with it. Tone. I was also reminded this week that I hate him. Uh, <laughs> Come on, jeez. Oh, my favorite Week One bet is the Pittsburgh Steelers plus six. And Shut up. Oh no. Oh no. I love that. Maybe we boost it. Boost. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. Maybe we boost it. Boost, boost, boost is hot. Boost yeah. is hot. Boost yeah. is hot. What are we gonna say? Um. We're not big on driving, but I did one time fly into San Francisco, and it's like a three-hour drive to Lake Tahoe. <laughs> Beautiful scenery through there. I recommend everyone does it. Yeah, they should. It's a nice I mean, little getaway. it's hard getaway. to fucking get there. Joining us now is one of the mayors of Tahoe, a man mm-hmm. who went to the American Century Championship like 13 years straight. What? He's a college football national champion, a Super Bowl champion, a Ryder Cup champion, all-time leading tackler for the Green Bay Packers, and COVID survivor, multi-time. One of the co-hosts of Aaron Rodgers Tuesday, which will be entering an unprecedented season three coming up this season. Ladies and gentlemen, A.J. Hall. What's up, dude? It was good. I got to see most of it, man. He looked great. Sounded great. He was. Uh, I, I scheduled it for the one o'clock hour. He he had to, he had something going on, so we went to the noon. I didn't like that we didn't have you on here. We we're missing a special level of toxicity, you know. No, I thought it was great. I enjoyed watching as a fan, so it was it was very enjoyable to see. Well, did you get a little AJ Hawk cut today oh. too? Huh? Hair's looking good. Look at that. That's a few days ago, I think. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Reunion cut, huh? You've been working out? Yeah, is this, uh, yeah, you're getting ready. You've been cutting carbs, so you have a little bit more gel. You look a little bit more oh, handsome, yeah. doesn't he? Seeing yeah, some of my old teammates, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, because you're going to spray tan tonight. Yeah. Yes. Oh, because you're the picker for game day. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Jack Harlow's going to do well. See. His nail tags knows how to keep a little secret, but that doesn't mean he should be picking games for Ohio State, Notre Dame. If the entire 2002 national championship squad is going to be yeah. in the building, who do you, it's either AJ Hawk or Maurice Claret. Yeah, and who has ties to Only Notre Dame? Options. You it, know that also went to Ohio State. AJ Hawk. Boom, yeah. Brady Quinn. Mm, yes. in the family. <laughs> Bingo. There we go. Ooh, what about Laura Hawk? What Ooh. if Laura Hawk is Laura Hawk picking? Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah, she would really, really enjoy that. I'm sure she'd be up for it. <laughs> All right, let's dive into it. Uh, Aaron seems to be in a great place. I don't know how much, how often do you talk to him nowadays in the training camp days? Is it every day? It feels like he's in a great spot. Are you expecting the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, every yeah, every time I talk to him, he's always seems goofy and like he always is, and in a good mood, and seems to be really enjoying football too, and feels very comfortable. He wore what he claims was a tank top. It looked like an old man shooting basketball shirt or something that my dad would wear to the ref. But yeah, it was cool. Yeah, it had an interesting fit, but I think he was just trying. You know, he said he was no, trying. No, it's great. I, I respect the effort. I think he probably cut that maybe. Yeah, maybe. it looked like There's it. a chance he might have cut that just for the occasion and we appreciate him for that. The table is being back in the locker room. He said like, hey, people aren't going to take this as a big deal, but it is. That is a big deal. That means that all of the, hey, you're not allowed to hang out with each other, even though you're teammates and don't know each other that well. And if you do know each other better you'd be a better team all those protocols that are put in place to save lives obviously zero nfl guys ended up dying thank you thank god thank you you. for surviving that but that that's all out that's huge i think i think we're gonna see i think that is a huge deal aj hawk i didn't even think about that until i heard him say it but then as he says it i understand it's the whole the same buzzword culture and all that if the team gets along they're gonna play better if they (laughs) if you trust the guy next to you and you've done things and you've hung out with that dude off the field like in their real life you're going to trust that person a lot more i feel like and if a whole team is like that then yeah look out you're going to be going somewhere and it might change the way you view the profession as a whole yeah like some people who maybe were thinking about who knows how many years i have left you know because he's been kind of experiencing a uh 
a terrible experience in the NFL. Not although he's playing well, but you know the camaraderie of the game of the locker room is a massive part. Money's great, winning's great, competing's great, legacy's great, but a massive part of your day to day, your overall happiness is your interaction with the building and how it all goes. So you could see how maybe some people thought the last two years were weren't what they signed up. This ain't. This ain't. This is much different than what I signed up for. So maybe that changes the future. Yeah. You know, maybe that yeah. changes some futures, uh, Ty Schmidt. What do you think about that? Yeah, it's got me thinking four more years. What? Whoa. I might start, Ooh. you know, uh, get that thing out of the dryer and start wearing it every day again. He did look healthy, AJ. Hair is full since the ayahuasca trip. You you get the tail end of that hair there yeah. in the way back. There we go. There's ayahuasca still in it. Oh, definitely. You know what I mean? Because of how long it's been on his head. Yeah, Yeah, but he's uh, he was holding something there. What was that? He was pointing at the sun. He's pointing the sun. Well, so he wasn't holding that bottle. I did see him grab the bottle at one point, Mm -hmm. but I thought this was potentially a marketing photo for somebody. Uh, But he looks good. I, I honestly, I'm happy that he seems just fucking happy. Like, carefree, happy, not worried about anything. Because the world has reacted to all the interviews he has done over the last couple weeks, AJ. How have they reacted? Well, he's been championed mm-hmm. by Big a lot time. of people. Just like what cool. happened in the past. They get a victory lap almost with it. And then there's still people that are still killing yeah. him, too. Oh, yeah. But that will only continue to be the case. He's Aaron Rodgers. And people are going to hate him for no reason. And people are going to hate him for a reason. And people are going to love him after actually getting a chance to hear that hippie fucker talk. He's mm-hmm. a hippie, dude, isn't he? I mean, it does seem to be trending in that direction. Yeah, <laughs> Trending. It's a great thing. I think it's awesome. Hey, man, be you. I like anybody that is authentic and they are who they, you know, who they truly are. With the hippies and cowboys. Great song there by uh, Cody Jinx, I believe is his name. Okay. Was introduced to that song like within the last couple of weeks. And a lot of the words he's saying in there, I'm like, hey, this guy's talking about my life. Just getting, you know, I'm normally the hippie surrounded by the cowboys. Uh-huh. But uh, basically how uh, the industry doesn't like him. So it's a big uh, Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. They don't write about me in your magazines. Mm. You know, that whole thing. What the hell? Sure. Well, he's a fucking heat maker, dude. <laughs> well, that is. Like yeah. Everybody's going to love it. Did you watch the games last night? Last night, you know, obviously Pitt gets the win over West Virginia. West Virginia going into that game, I'm not sure what the expectations were. Pitt was ranked 17th. They returned the number two defensive line in the country, full offensive line. They have weapons upon weapons up there in Pittsburgh after an ACC championship last year. West Virginia, a lot of turnover. I was impressed by the Mountaineer team. I was impressed by the environment. That was awesome. Made me actually genuinely feel football was back, AJ. Then Penn State on that last uh, last drive, game winner, Big Ten football kicking off in beautiful fashion. Last night was fucking awesome, AJ. Did you catch any of the games, and what are your thoughts? Yeah, those two games, I was kind of flipping back and forth throughout the, the night, and you're right. I heard you say it earlier with Aaron. It felt like, here we go, football has started. Like It has begun. I know there's other games on – uh, around with those two, both were good games. It kind of came down to the wire, and I think you hit it right on the head. Like the atmosphere was awesome. It was cool to see college fans going crazy, and yeah, the games lived up to the hype. I think. Ton Diggs, how did we bet uh, last night? Did we bet pretty good. I know the Super Boost hit. Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, a lot of the show was on Mountaineers plus seven and a half, so oh, yeah. they did well. Um, yeah. Graham Harrell, but sixteen and one favorites straight up to start the season. That's not ATS, not against the spread, but straight up, 
There hasn't really been any big upsets besides Northwestern over Nebraska. Every other favorite has won so far this season. So you're saying they are who we thought they were. Hmm. Sounds start. Like I mean, there's a lot of football we play tonight and tomorrow. All right, this weekend, massive matchups here. Obviously, Oregon-Georgia. in or- Georgia favored by 16-and-a-half. Raining champs who had 45 people drafted in the first round that only had 32 draft picks somehow. <laughs> Cincinnati-Arkansas is a big deal. Luke Fickle, what's he going to do in the post Desmond Ritter, Sauce Gardner, that whole era, era. Uh, then you got Utah, Florida. Dan Orlovsky's on the call. That's, That's right. Cool. Dan Orlovsky laying down in Gainesville, eh? and he was asked by a local. What he said, he pumped up first night game at the Swamp. <laughs> and that guy looked at him dead face and said, buckle up, son, because the Swamp is no joke. Dan Orlovsky tweeted that. He obviously either felt threatened or impressed by their fan base. And then all eyes are on Notre Dame, Ohio State. Mm. Game day will be live in Columbus. A.J. Hawk will be the guest picker. Jack Harlow <laughs> will be performing bangers and Marcus Freeman in his first head coaching stint with the Notre Dame Fighting Irish returned to the place that he played Ohio State with a 17 and a half mm-hmm. point favorite. Jesus. Uh, this should be a massive weekend. College football is fucking doing it. Normally okay, we are in the college football world this year with the um, the Omaha yep, right. college Saturday. football production, six games or whatever. So normally we're not into the college football world because the NFL has enough going on. This year we're in the college football landscape. What a, I loved it last night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I assume this weekend with this lineup, we're going to have fucking great games this weekend, AJ. You're going to be all boozed up. But I think we're in for it this weekend with college football, and we appreciate them for that. Well, I think that's what makes college football cool, like the atmosphere, the band, the, the weird, like – the diehard fans that have been fans of that university since they were born. They were born into it. I think that's what makes college football cool. We may not know every player on the field, but I think everything that surrounds it makes it awesome. I concur completely. I'm I'm not normally a big-time gambler mm-hmm. on college football, but Connor feels like you got it all figured out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've been rooting for you know good college football for my entire life. Everyone knows that I watch college football every single day if I could. But, I mean, Tony said it about the favorites, 16-1 straight up. I'm just a – you know, I like the dogs early just because of these massive spreads. Maybe it is top-heavy with Ohio State and Bama, but Notre Dame's the fit number five-ranked team in the country. <laughs> And they're 17 and a half point dogs. Like AJ Hawks and being I'm nervous the Buckeyes are oh, going to I'm nervous. I'm mostly nervous that Tabittle is going to get the boys so fired up at halftime that Notre Dame's going to come out and have no idea True. what to do in you know, response to whatever cool, funky stuff Tabittle does. <laughs> hey, Tabittle is awesome. They might have some competition, though, with the Tennessee band. Did you see Cole Kublik's tweet to us? I did not. Did they do a dong or something like people have done in the past? What's wrong with you? They don't do dongs. Nobody That's, does dongs. Other people haven't gotten in trouble in the past. No, there's no dongs in the Ooh. halftime band play. Uh, come on. If a band what? is doing something, I assume it's something like that if you're bringing it up. No, it, it, you think I'm bringing up dongs? That would be if you brought it up. We'd all go, sure. oh, oh, the band course. probably made yeah. a dong. So what did they do? They, they were awesome. They played narco. Ooh. Oh, they did? Okay. Smart. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they crushed it. Cole Kublik sent it to us because obviously it's hot with the Edwin Diaz. That's all part of the pageantry that yeah. is college football. A man who went to college at the University of Maryland would go on to catch a football and cause a miracle for a fucking city. Now he's a member of the Buffalo Bills. Two-time, two-time pro bowler and a man who just had a back-to-school backpack giveaway, mm-hmm. making the world a much better place. Ladies and gentlemen, Stefan Day. Yeah. Hey, what's up, big guy? Hey, how, how are how are you, man? You caught the tail end of our conversation. Uh, 
There was no bands that made the dong formation <laughs> on any fields yet. I just want to let you know that. Just clarify it. <laughs> I got you. I, got all that. I heard about. I heard about some dongs though, so I got to pay attention to that, yeah. especially in the Bill. <laughs> Have you seen a Bildo yet in your time being a Buffalo Bill? No, no, not yet. I haven't been blessed to hear one. That's like part of the initiation. So, like, uh, I'll let you know. Come across, come across my desk. Well, now that COVID's kind of dying, you yeah, know, because yeah, buildos are being True. left at home because mm-hmm. buildos are known to hold COVID. Transmitted. Yeah. Transmitted. So, the Buffalo Bills fans, they kind of knew that. Uh, Stefan, sorry that this is how this has started, but thank you so much for joining us. Giving back to the good. community with backpacks from back to school. You're a great dude. I think we're all enjoying thank the fact that you're up there with the Buffalo Bills. This year, Massively different. Obviously, you're written. Hey, hey, yeah. hey, oh, hey. <laughs> SD got a big old bag. I'm trying, I'm uh, trying, congrats I'm on that. I think you're getting a call. Yeah, I think. Congrats on that. But this year, you guys are favorites now. You know what I mean? You guys are. You guys are. You guys are. It's just out of order over here. Sorry. You guys are. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it's actually kind of dope to think about. Yeah, kind of sweet. Yeah. Sitting sideways. Let me see if I there can you go. make some shit. Oh. Oh, okay. Uh, All right, go. it's just getting getting worse. Face AJ. We got action. Come on, let's there go. go. Hey, look at you, a tech genius. I didn't know that was the case. You guys are at the Part top. Part-time IT guy. You guys are at the top of the mountain now, though. All eyes are on you. You guys are going into the Super Bowl champs as favorites week one next week, less than six days away from now. Do you guys even know that? Do you have any clue, or is it the same vibe as you felt the last couple of years? Do you understand that it's heightened now, or can you not tell with uh, with the group that you have? I, I can't tell personally just because, uh, you know, we kind of got that team made up of guys that's kind of like a chip-on-your-shoulder guys, the guys who came through the back door, had to work hard to get to where they're at type of guys. So, uh, it's been it's been a def, definitely different positioning from everybody else's perspective, but I feel like uh, we're living in that ignored noise, especially in that realm right now. This chapter, uh, you know, we fell short a couple of times, so at this point, we're just trying to get over the hump and get to where we all feel like we belong. But it's you know, it kind of starts somewhere, and you know, I don't want to give you the political answer, but we do gotta. It's got a big game coming up in a couple of days. It's going like kind of like get us to where we you know want to go as far as like one step at a time. Hell yeah, hell yeah. Hey, how good is Josh Allen, and and how like. He's so young, too, and he continues to get better and better. What's it like watching that dude just continue to improve? Josh Allen, in my opinion, is the best quarterback in the league. Um, you know, I'm not just saying that just because he's my quarterback. Uh, you've seen him have explosive games, crazy games. You've seen him run. You've seen him jump over quarter, uh, jump over corners, run over DBs, challenge linebackers, stiff arm D linemen. I feel like he's he's a quarterback that provides the complete package, and he can – he can throw the ball like he can throw the hell out of the ball. He's a leader. I seen I've seen his approach change this year as well as far as like what kind of um how he's been. You know, he's a playful guy. He has a lot of fun out there. He kind of keeps things light. But he also this year I kind of feel like he kind of like taking that charge. Like um I feel like he he's stepping into that 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 I mean he's been QB one, but he's stepping into that realm of like I know I know I'm talented. I know what I can do, and I'm trying to do everything I can I can to win. Do you think that's a natural evolution of a player there, especially at the quarterback position? Do you think, like, the way he had acted because of how old he was, what he has experienced, what he hadn't experienced? Like, do you think this is just a maturation of him becoming, like, a a full, like, face of a franchise? The man. Yeah. The man. I say the man. Just because uh, coming in is kind of hard to, you know, you you don't know what you're getting in quarterbacks. Like, you can can assume what you can get, but – um, over the past couple of years, you've seen the maturation process of a guy keep continuing to get better. 
And that's what you want from a quarterback position, especially as a receiver, a guy that continue working at his craft, continue to continue to try to put you in positions to really have success. So I feel like it's uh it was it was inevitable as far as like the type of the type of guy he is and the type of time that he puts in. Um he he was about to be that guy. He was about to be the guy at one point. You know what I'm saying I it just happened sooner than later, I guess. Was it bullshit or real? Like you guys as soon as you hung out the first time, like, hey, we're gonna be boys? Was that kinda because you No, that wasn't bullshit. That was that was real shit. Like uh it was COVID, you know, we we played some Call of Duty and shit like that. So he he really did revive me a couple of times and I was like, damn, like, yeah, all right, you might not be half as bad. But shit. Uh when we got uh the first time working out and I kinda kinda met him and you kinda like we kinda had a little bit of an energy, like, all right, damn, like I kinda like him. He he's not that bad. You know, I'm you know, I never had another quarterback, and I've had like five quarterbacks since I've been in the league at that time. But when I met him, I was like this, he might not be that bad. I, I he might be all right. Yeah, because coming out of Minnesota, everybody knew you were incredibly talented, but had no idea what had happened. You were fucking great over there. Why is it not working? Then you go to Buffalo. It's just rebirth. Now you're wildly wealthy. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Wildly wealthy. Resurgence. It's like resurgence. They brought me back. They brought me back to life. I, uh, and I feel like the culture kind of embraced me as well, as far as like the type of player that I was and you know what I brought to the table. They just you know embraced me wholeheartedly, and they was like, look, uh, go out there and be yourself. And I and I'm shit. I'm still grateful for that up to this day. That's awesome to hear. And thank you for saying that. Is that why you think like when a guy like Von Miller comes in or anybody else comes in, the Bills are just built right now. The culture's already built. You're either going to fit in or you're going to not make the team. Is that kind of the mindset up there right now? A hundred percent. But I feel like uh, you know a lot of guys like some guys perceivably have like a bad rep or anything. But everybody on our team really is like good people for the most part. Like. Uh, from what I know, you know what I'm saying? I don't know what the people do on those doors, but my uh, personal relationship and professional, I've seen nothing but good things from these people. They work hard, work hard as shit. Uh, they're good teammates. And I feel like it's like that culture that makes you like, all right, like, you know what I'm saying? They're winning here. They're, they're doing everything in their power to make adjustments, and we added players, adding the right pieces. And I think that's why I make it easier for guys to be like, yeah, like, I want to go play over there. Like, shit. They went in, they got in the right mindset, and I feel like we be having fun, like, you know, football can kind of turn into a job for a lot of guys. Groundhog this, day. Team, I feel like we have a hell of fun. Groundhog day, man. It just gets so repetitive yeah. in there. It does look like you guys yeah, are always 100%. fucking dancing. Yeah. I mean, there's always <laughs> Josh Allen doing yeah. some. It's awesome. That's a real thing, though. That's That can change a whole season. Exactly. Especially cultural. I mean, just for us to keep things like I got a guy, a quarterback, that, that I mean, I'm not going to. He hits me in the nuts like probably like every other day. Yeah. Wow! He's <laughs> a joke for me like every week. Like so, it's like even when you, you even when you're dragging or you might be feeling like man, man, I'm I'm tired right now. They ain't gonna let you be that way. It's, it's too many guys on the team. Like nah, we got we got work to do. So you better get in a better mood. That's awesome. Are you guys on offense excited to watch your, your defense play and also a guy like Von Miller? I know they brought him in, they say, to kind of be the closer and to finish games for you. And second part of that question, is that a sweet Backstreet Boys t-shirt you are wearing right now? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, there we go. They're on tour. Oh, that's wow. sweet. Oh, yeah. They're back. All I forgot right. your question because I was so focused on the team. <laughs> Where, yeah, Von Miller, him closing games out. The it's definitely been it's yeah. definitely been exciting. Like seeing a guy like that in in person, like seeing a guy like that, like shit, like come off the edge. Damn near can ruin a practice if you let him, just because like he's making so much havoc. He's getting to the quarterback. Those plays where everybody's arguing, like damn, that would have been a sack, or no, nah, that wouldn't have been a sack. 
his shit be 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 real real close to being a sack. So it's like I think coach has to let him know a couple times to ease up. Like, all right, give us a look right here. Let us let us get a player too, um, because he'll be so disruptive. But it's in, it's it's something to enjoy from the offensive position to be like, damn, like we're gonna have some extra possessions. Like I feel like we're gonna get the ball back. We got that. We got him. We got Big Phil, Jordan Phillips, uh, Tim. We got some guys, some some third third year guys, AJ Appenenza, shit. Like we got we got guys that can play. So I think another guy to look out for, and um, I don't want to jinx it, but Greg Greg is a baller. Who? So he's came in with a different Gregory Greg, the DM. Greg Greg from Miami. Russo. His name's Greg Greg. <laughs> I just called him Big G. Big he's, G's real mild manner, but he's a dog. I feel like that second year, that second year jump is one of those guys that you need to keep your eyes out for. Hey, fucking Big G's gonna be a problem. <laughs> go, G. Big G's gonna be a problem. Uh, can we go? How old are you, Stefan? I'm 28. So you're too young to even know that there was real in sync Backstreet Boys fandom beef back in the day. Yeah, I beef. I already, I do know that though. That's natural. Well, I'm Justin Timberlake guy through and through. Hell Don't know yeah. how to tell you. You a JT guy? Yeah. How could you not be? That's like kind of, I'm starting to question. I'm a, I'm a fan. I, I'm with you, as you can say. I concur. Like I agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the man. Go ahead, Tone. Stefan, do you like now? Who knows what they're going to do on defense? If they're going to mirror you or not? But do you like like week one right out of the gate? You going against another dog in Jalen Ramsey? Yeah, hundred percent. Like I feel like. This is what this game's made of. You know, we got one of the toughest schedules. People don't even think we have a tough schedule, probably. But our first, like, our first four or five games are damn near primetime games. And, you know, it's, it's it's fitting that we jump off the fan with the first game of the season. Um, I feel like uh, last year we were, we were cut short, you know, and, you know, for, for many reasons. But uh, this is that game that you wanted. This is the game that we wanted, uh, something that we are excited about, I'm excited about. Uh, I, I, I can't wait. Let's not do any competitive advantage and give anything away. But do you feel like you picked Boom. up right where you left off? I mean, literally, your last game ended in, like, the best spot for your offensive side. And I, we, got, yeah. we got a lot of love for the defense. Poor yeah. high. Like, we, mm-hmm. we love everybody on mm-hmm. the defensive side. They're great on our show. But the conversation all offseason was obviously the coin toss. And your offense was not unstoppable at the end of the season. When you come back into training camp, is it like you guys are picking up because of the veteran experience that you have on there? Or is there still that process of having to ramp up? Week one's nowhere near what week 15 will be. Is that still a thing? You guys could still get better? It's a it's a little it's a little bit of both. You know what I'm saying? You have some camaraderie that you've built uh for the past couple of years, a couple couple key things that you might be comfortable with, but it's always a learning curve as well. We still I feel like we watch more film now on specific routes than we did before because uh, it was a lot more so off of town and improv and getting open and that kind of thing. But now it's more so like, all right, well, what are we doing right here? What's the plan right here? What's the backup plan? What's plan A? was playing 1A, I'm saying. So I feel like it is some carryover, but at the same time, you still got to work your way back to hitting on all cylinders. Can't wait to watch what that offense grows into after, if you're going to get better off of fucking last year. You guys were (laughs) electrifying to watch. Connor, your question. Yeah, Stefan, you added to the D-line, but you also took a corner in the first round this year, Elam. Have you had to give him a couple welcome to the NFL moments and kind of show him the ropes? Yeah, we've been on his ass. We've been on his ass, 100%. I feel like he's, he's, he's a young guy that's built for it, though. Like He came into camp with the right mindset of, I'm trying to get better, and uh, we've been on his ass a hundred percent. Like I told, as a receiver, you know what I'm saying you don't you don't want to make it you don't want to make it easy at all because the conversations we're having with him is 
if if it's if it's if it's hard right here, it'll be easier in the game. And sometimes that is that is true. Like I feel like we have some exceptional receivers that guys that can get open, catch the ball. So uh, in practice, you ain't gonna do nothing but get better. And it's a big ask from a young corner. You know, everybody's talking about the, ignore the noise, and this is a guy that's coming in in the first round and need him to play. We need him to play. We need him to play well. So uh, I feel like it's been indefinitely. He's been a professional. He's been grinding. And uh, I can't wait to see him. I can't wait to see him in action. Last question here, Stefan from Ty. Stefan, I know he was the quarterbacks coach last year, but Ken Dorsey is his first year as you guys' offensive coordinator. Has there been any kind of learning curve with him coming in, or when you have vets like you and Josh, kind of you know, in in your rooms steering the ship, is has that transition been smoother than you maybe expected? It's been a lot smoother, especially considering he was like already like. Uh, kind of like a part of uh, our team already. He kind of already had some somewhat personal relationship with not only me, Josh, and the other receivers. Uh, we spoke. We spoke every day. We had a million walkthroughs, so it was just it just kind of worked out that he stayed in the building and and he got the uh, OC job. So I feel like when you have those veteran guys and those professionals, it's a lot easier for like him to really be like, okay, these are some of the plays you feel comfortable with. It's more like an open dialect on like, okay, this is what works. This is what I've watched hundreds of hours, and this has worked for us. Let's tailor it up to try to do it X, Y, X, Y, Z way and continue to have, have success at it. So I feel like it was a smoother process than I anticipated. But, you know, nothing is going to be perfect. It's going to be a, this year is its own entity and it's going to be something we're going to have to figure out anyway. Man, you're awesome on the show every time you come on. We appreciate the hell out of you. Uh, Thanks, boss. I appreciate you. Hey, you're a good punter, right? I, I think I've seen you punt a ball after. Uh, I'm nice as shit. <laughs> Are you doing that this year? Is that a celebration or you get fined for that? I be I always punt the ball in the stands, and I've got fined multiple times. So if you if if you're telling on me right now, no, no, no. I'm saying if you make one into like, I'll donate a pretty. If you in the uppers, what are you donating though? One you, of those you tell build, me out of the stadium build old things. No, 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 no. double header. I mean, if that's what you want, <laughs> hey, if you want the, I don't want that. No, okay. <laughs> I listen, that, I was saying it was your decision where I, I'll donate. If you punt a bildo, I'll donate. All right. So. <laughs> 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 All right, so uh, twenty thousand from me if you punt one, and it's like it has to go. Where do you normally? I don't. You're telling. You're kind of setting the standard here right now. Probably upper level. Probably upper level. Whoa. Okay, oh, so yeah. if you get one to the upper level, and we'll find out because people will have self worth. I'll donate twenty five yeah. grand to any build out charity or any charity that you would like and if you punt a build out, AJ will donate twenty five grand. Yep. Right, yes. AJ. Yeah. Twenty-five grand. Yeah, back good, back good, back good. It's right. got to at least get in the stands, though. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, it's gonna hurt. Upon a builder, you better Jeez. pick a big one. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, I would like to get to this because I enjoy good business, and you and your brother have signed up to do good business with Saks. Obviously, the boxer brief brand. Saks S A X X have named Stefan and Trevon Diggs chief ball officers. Hell yeah! Here we go. The Diggs brothers have always wanted to be on the same team, so Saks was able to bring them together for this unique opportunity. The chief ball officers will represent Saks throughout the football season and help them with new products and design. You're a fucking designer! Wow! Huh? Look at you! Not, hey, in sync shit, maybe. Um, <laughs> Sax is giving fans skin in the game by offering 10% off flash deals at sax.com, S-A-X-X.com, every time Stefan scores a touchdown this okay. year Ooh. or every time Trevon gets an interception. Promo codes will be shared in real time on social media. Sax is famous for its patented ballpark patch, a hammock-shaped compartment built into every pair of underwear that's designed to cradle the balls and deliver friction-free support 
below the belt. I love that. Love that. Hey, congrats on that, dude. Yeah. That's awesome. That's good business. Hey, That's a good idea. Score a lot of touchdowns so I can get 10% off. I see what I can do. I can see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. All right, my banana hammock. I'm only paying 90% for it. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Stefan Diggs. Brad Biggs came on this show, Feel the Beat. Yeah. We appreciate it. Hey, Brad thank Biggs, you, Brad. thank yeah. you. Thank you, Brad. Love to have you back. I don't know why you blessed us with the information that you blessed us with. Brad Biggs basically said, hey, that Anaheim plan thing's coming real soon. Yeah. And then that got picked up. And then yesterday, Arlington. press conference, here we go. Arlington is happening with the Chicago Bears. There's a buyout after 2027 uh, to get out of Soldier Field. That's like 87 or $97 million or whatever. And that's like they announced the plans of what they're going to do. The Chicago Bears are no longer playing in Soldier Field after the next four or five years. And they're going to be moving to Arlington. So look for Arlington to have a plaza, a casino, uh, hotels, restaurants, shops, a whole experience, especially with a team like the Bears who have a lot of history, the museum that they can put in there just like lambo has just like new england has mm -hmm. just like dallas has there will be an entire world there for the chicago bears to build upon it's great business is that's gonna be a little bit different though huh you bears fans still gonna be pumped about it or no oh yeah a new stadium would be absolutely amazing okay so you don't like you don't mind that it's moving out of the city right no yeah like arlington heights is like 45 minutes so it's, it kind of sucks in that Ooh. but you still have a skyline you can see it's it's like I don't know. Is that where the practice facility is? Is it near no, there? No, uh, that's that's more north. So this is northwest. How far is the practice facility? You think from where this will be? Probably under thirty minutes, probably. Okay, it's maybe thirty. Yeah. Because the practice facility is like forty-five minutes away, I think, from downtown Chicago, right? Yeah. It's way out there. So guys that play for the Bears, I think, if they live in the city, they have to commute pretty good bit mm -hmm. in the morning for work, or they live out. <coughs> Bless you. Tastes too good. Yeah. So good. Is the practice facility new though? Because could they build a new one yeah. in that Arlington yes. Heights spot? I assume yeah, they sure. would. Yeah, but I just—that's what I'm talking about. Whenever you did woo, woo, what you say? You made a sound there. For what? For the Bears? Whenever you said it was 45 minutes away from Chicago, I you felt far to me because I know Chicago. It could be 45 minutes or two hours. Doesn't matter. There's so much traffic. Oh yeah, yeah. is Elon building a? Uh, oh tunnel? yeah, the Hyperloop, yeah, the tunnel, boring company. It's there already, right? I is it so? Wait, when will they break ground though? They'll have this thing done before they move out of Soldier Field, right? Yeah, they would Obviously, have to. Obviously, I'm saying they're not going to, like, all of a sudden, 2027, and now we break ground. We'll be in Soldier no. Field two more years. Well, it seems like that's what every city did with COVID for construction. Yeah. You know, true. we had two years, that's and right. then we just said, fuck it. Once everybody's back, then we'll Boom, just hit them hard. We'll let, not let anybody be able to move. Feels like every city's done that, so let's hope Chicago doesn't do that or Arlington doesn't do that with this new Bears thing. Let's get ahead of it. You mean like when the Vikings uh, decided that they were going to play at the University of Minnesota <clears throat> outside for a year yeah. when it was negative 10 every year? Did yeah. you play up there? Did you play in that? Yeah, well, well you guys I had the legendary there. coldest game there, right? I played there, but wasn't wasn't that partly because their dome collapsed? Remember that? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. That was mm -hmm. the old dome, right? They were supposed yeah. to play in that yeah. until the new one was finished. Old dome, so old, deteriorates. Sorry. That was a part of – they were thinking about leaving Minnesota, right? Yeah, there was there was speculation. Ziggy Wolf? They, they were they – were, it was the old, uh, hey, if we don't get a new one, we'll – We won't – you'll kind of force uh, our hand. We'll have to go to L.A. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Buffalo. We'll have to leave. You don't pay for a new stadium. So I think that happened. Then they got agreed for a new stadium. Going to play it out in this old one. What's the name of the old dome? Metrodome. The Metrodome. Oh, yeah. We're going to play it out. And then Snow said, uh, we'll say, we would like to say goodbye to this place as well. Mm -hmm. So they crashed through the goddamn roof. They have to play. Yeah. Wasn't Brett, didn't Brett yeah. like hit his head or something like that? Were you a part of that game? 
when Brett hit his head playing outdoors in Minnesota. Yeah. I, was, I wasn't a part of that game, but no, I played against the Vikings when Teddy Bridgewater was the quarterback at Minnesota's college field. Was it cold as fuck? Cold, turf, very hard. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was Minnesota. Christ. How cold, though? Like, alarmingly cold? Yeah, I mean, Minnesota gets so much snow, too, I feel like, so Minneapolis cold. especially. And, uh, yeah, it's, it was – I don't know exactly what it was, but, yeah, it was not warm at all. I know that. I think it was negative 13 when we played the Vikings. Jesus Christ. Just That was before winter. How do you measure that? How do you, how do you measure the absence of temperature at negative 13 and then that's before wind chill, they said. I'm like – That's before wind chill. Okay. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> was it, was it, how much colder could it get? I mean, uh, <laughs> how much colder could – can it get colder? And can you feel the difference – between negative thirteen and let's say oh negative thirty, yeah. like it, it's if can, it's windy, if it's windy, you know that it could be Zeke, it could be negative five, but if there's not wind, it's actually bearable, it's okay. But when that wind picks up, it's nasty. I I guess stale cold. You're right. I guess you can deal it's with much it. Much more manageable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, but still, is negative five with wind that feels like negative ten? Is that the same as negative thirty feels like. At what point is your body just like, yeah, it's yeah, fucking. Very well said. It is unbearably cold right now. You know, like that's cold what is I'm- cold. Yeah, like those games I'd go out for warm ups, and I'd wear like in Green Bay. They could have you could get these kind of like scuba gloves that you could wear when it was really cold. They're Nike thick. I wore them a few times, uh, or. You always wear like little liners under my football gloves too, and you always think they might help. They don't really do much, but you go out for warm ups, and legit ninety seconds in. I wish my fingers were numb. Like, they're not numb. They just feel like there's needles sticking through all of those and my feet. So, go right as soon as warm ups are over, put my helmet in the sauna, sit in there for a half a second, try to get my, my fingers back, and then go out for the kickoff. I don't know how you guys had to hit each other like that. Like, warm up hits? I, I don't know how you yeah, got through warm up Those are not fun. Those <laughs> are absolutely not fun. Yeah, I remember watching those. Me and Vinny would be sitting on like the heated bench or whatever, and we'd have the poncho, the big fucking warm poncho, backwards. Right, yep. so we Smart. can so well, Dutch oven. You make yourself there. Exactly. I mean, I'm not shitting my pants yet, but yes, it is. <laughs> it's certainly an oven that you are cooking yourself in. And we're just sitting there for the warm ups as fans are piling into this fucking stadium, and we're watching our teammates just do individual drill where it's like shuffle, shuffle, fucking kind of engage. Kind of. <laughs> it's kind of. I don't. I don't know. It's a full strike. Yeah. You, come on, we got some. Especially if it's that cold, your coaches are obviously pissed that they think there's no juice so we've got to get some pops and we'll see the pads going and all of a sudden <laughs> guys are on the ground yeah and with me and Vinny are just sitting there like man today's a good day to be the guy that only kicks the ball because mm-hmm. these guys are getting hit before they get this hits me nothing this means absolutely nothing and every single fucking bash to the jaw that happens just has to hurt so much more in those fucking cold weather games i i Hey, those are the warm-ups. That made me think of TJ. We, we, I don't know how you guys would do warm-ups. You do individual, all this stuff, pat and go, offense, and then you come together and run like three or four plays, ones on ones, one O against one yeah. D. And that's the those little sessions where maybe the defensive coaches are a little juiced up and want you to come downhill a little bit or whatever. And if you would come like and it's freezing cold and you hit sitting or TJ at, like and you jam a finger, you hit him when it's freezing, that's when those dudes get legit really pissed. What the fuck are you doing, man? <laughs> and I'd be like, hey, man, I'm, you got, you know, you see these guys, you see my coaches, they're losing their mind. You're like, all right, man, all right. All right, man. What if TJ Lane just started swinging on Yeah, you? fight. I don't know, TJ's, he's got a rock head, man. That dude, he would blast me in warm-ups what all the time. A, so Coon, TJ Lang, sitting, you just – the hardest heads in the NFL. No tour at all. We're playing old school football. If we could take these Rydells off, we think that would be an advantage for our team. 
No, I don't. I want to wear a helmet. Are you kidding me? It's a weapon. I get it. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. why you're thinking that. But if you, you had, to. you can't use your head if you don't wear a helmet. Yeah, if everybody had to take helmets off, though, I feel like your it'd be rugby. Okay. Yeah, but your team, your team yeah. though, would be benefactors from that rule. I think. I see where you were going with that. <laughs> I mean, you wanted to get your shots in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you get your shots in. I hate that. Like, I'm from Pittsburgh, obviously. You're from Ohio. We grew up in the cold. Okay, I grew up in the fucking cold. There's blizzards. I had missed school. There's ice. I've, you know, I hate the fucking cold, though. I, I hate when people are like, oh, he's from Pittsburgh. He'd be okay. Oh, gets go. used to it. Nope. Gets worse as you get older, actually, I think. Yeah, yeah. I still Probably fucking yes. hate it. Yeah. Let's not get crazy. Oh, you're wearing long sleeves. I thought you were from Pittsburgh. I am. Yeah, we learned these fucking work. Dude, like, yeah. you know, like when, when, it's really, right. when it's really cold. Yeah, like this is go. You're probably going to see me with gloves on, yeah. too, if I had to guess. And I'm going to fucking use this heated bench we have over yeah. here. It is, it is something as you grow older, the less amount of cold air you ever want to feel in your fucking body. We may not hate it as much as people who have never experienced it their whole life, but it still fucking sucks no matter where. No, you're. people that never experience it, it's a celebration. It's like a, a little oh, seeing snow. It's a novelty. Snow oh, great, yeah. This. This snow. Cool. Oh, my God. I play, I play a game of snow. Yeah. That's like that whole thing. And I'm like, another game. I'm fucking cold. It'd be nice if we get a little sun yeah. around here. Manti Teo on Notre Dame. Exactly. Yeah. Never yeah. seen. Yeah. But third, fourth quarter, though, the novelty does wear off, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? Cold practices, too, though. We had a lot of cold outdoor practices. Ugh. Those those can get difficult. We did as well. And that's I hated whenever I said that about the Bengals indoor practice facility, like build a fucking indoor practice facility. I get a bunch of Bengals players. Oh, sorry. We're Ohio guys. <laughs> we practice outside. It's like, yeah, you can fucking practice outside. Yeah. We're just talking about like extra reps and not getting pneumonia or, you know, having to worry about a, a car crash on the highway over top of the yeah. thing. Or after hours, maybe you don't want to turn on the lights to the entire outdoor practice facility. You can go in your indoor facility. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, sounds soft to me. You can do all that outside. It's like, okay, yeah, I'm sure you can. <laughs> Be a human, though, as well. And that's the whole game of the whole thing. That's unbelievable to think of, like, not having any reprieve from that. It's Ever. like, hey, we did. Listen, guys, you get it. It's going to be cold today, okay? It's going to be cold tomorrow and the next day <laughs> and the day after. Like, that's unbelievable. Depending upon who you play, though, that is how practices go. Practices outside, you're playing an outdoor game. Practice indoor, you're playing an indoor game. That's just, like, standard operating in, procedure. In Cincinnati, though, you would – they did the schedule where you come in, meet, breakfast, whatever – get your jersey on, go walk through, and then come back, have lunch. It's like that's kind of the old school formula that, that some coaches used to do. I'm sure they still do. But we would take 20 minutes to get dressed for walkthrough because we would walk through on the game field in Cincinnati. So you're in there in the stadium, go to your locker, guys are putting starter coats on in 35 layers just so you can do walkthrough out there in the freezing cold. It wouldn't be bad, you know, to maybe be able to move a little bit during a walkthrough. Yeah. Make or super- see a coach's face. He's so bundled up I can't even see him. <laughs> <laughs> Made a Super Bowl with all this. Made yeah. a Super Bowl. Yeah. Think about what this team's going to be able to do. Like, I like the Bengals a lot. Oh yeah, I like the Bengals a lot. All of a sudden, Joey Burrow too seems like a guy yeah. we'd like. Mm-hmm. Online, hey. he wants to be going. He wants to go to dive bars. Respect. Yes, the yeah. Joey Burrow's a guy that we like. Now, I do believe he probably could. If you go to the right dive bars, you probably could. So. Probably scared to do it though, because everywhere he goes, he says it's a full production. I thought that was a great way to describe what life yeah. is like, probably in the public for him and other people that are like him. It's always a scene. Every there is always going to be something. Especially such- here, though, like Joe Burrow is nationally, internationally, around the world is known and loved. But in Ohio, man, it's a different thing. Like people, they've always loved him, but they are just obsessed now because he is. Like he look like how in the world did this happen? The Bengals were lucky enough. 
to get Joe Burrow, and he's already done this so early in his career. And he seems to be so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, just seems to be, like, the coolest dude of all time. Saw him at the UFC fight, coolest-looking fucking guy of all time. Didn't even know who he was. He was so fucking cool. (laughs) For, like, a a minute and a half, two minutes, I just fucking had a full, oh, my God, this guy's so cool spell kind of tossed over top of me. Then I talked to him. He's so good at football. Hey, you're a homebody now, though, Joe. That's what it is. That's that's just kind of how this goes. It it becomes a full, and I think he knows that. He knew that at LSU. I mean, LSU, that sure. dude is a god. So I'm sure that yeah. he couldn't go anywhere. Started yeah. I, I think those quarterbacks have to live that different life for a long time. I remember thinking about that with, like, Manziel whenever he came out. I was like, hey, you just party at home now, dude. Like, mm-hmm. like yeah. in Bring my, it to your house. Like, somebody just needs to tell him, like, hey, you just party at home now. That is how it goes. It sucks. I understand. Believe me, I'm a person that enjoys going out, but I'm not a person that's as popular as you are, as known as mm-hmm. you are, or somebody that's going to try to egg you into a situation as much as you are. You seem to party at home, but some guys can't do it. Feels like Joey Burrow has bought all the way the fuck in that he, who he is, what he is, how he is. It'd be nice to go to a dive bar every once in a while, but teach your own. Let's kind of move on. <laughs> that fucking guy's going to be a guy for a long, long, long time. Everybody loves him. The analytics people love them. The super football film people love them. Yep. The technique people fucking love them. Everybody loves that guy as a prospect and as a quarterback. Good for Cincinnati. And they have an indoor practice facility that's currently being built. Yeah, and they have Jamar Chase. Like, I feel like how many teams in the NFL are looking for either a you know, number one stud wide receiver or, or the guy at quarterback, and they have them both, and they're both you know under 25. Ty, what do you think of the Bengals? Do you like them? Yeah, very much so. I, I mean, do it too. They're bringing in a bunch of tight ends, though. They feel like they're weak in a tight end position. Yeah, of- but Joe Mixon, like no one really talks about him that much. Like he's very good. They put yep. put a bunch of money into the offensive line. Like and yeah. McPherson too. Like it seems like close games, especially like he's going to make kicks. Exactly. Mm-hmm. There's Huber a lot to like about the Bengals. Huber won that kicking jo- uh, competition at Baby Cow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they they brought someone in to compete. Yeah, I think Drew Chrisman, the guy from. Uh, Ohio State. Yeah, yeah. I think he was in there. I don't know if it was real competition or not. I don't know if there was another kicker other than Drew Crispin, but I think there was. And I think it was Drew Crispin, who I'm a fan of as a human and as a content creator and everything that he does. But I was pulling for Huber hard there. You know, Huber and I. I love Huber. He's yeah, awesome. Me too. Huber is uh, my draft class. He played at Cincinnati. I played at West Virginia, obviously, Big East schools. He and I got to know each other through that. I talked to him one warm ups. I was like, uh, we're just kind of getting to know each other at West Virginia, and uh, we had a game. It was probably a primetime game if I had guess. Cincinnati was good. They had Brian Kelly. And uh, he goes, when did you start kicking or whatever? And I was, I just had started punting, I think, for West Virginia. It just happened midseason. And I told him, like, oh, yeah, I started punting, like, actually two weeks ago. Like, actually, this rollout style, like, probably two weeks ago. I was like, when did you start? He was like, when I was 14, I started punting. I'm like, well, <laughs> quite an advantage. All right, I'm going to watch this guy. Like, I, I watched Huber. And I like I got better because I watched fucking Kevin Huber, even though he was a lefty. And then I got a chance, obviously, at the Pro Bowl. We were there at the same time, hang out with him, had some drinks with him. I fucking love that guy. I'm a big Kevin Huber fan. Since went to high school in Cincy, college in Cincy, has been a Bengal now for what fucking twelve years, thirteen years. What a legend that dude is. Lefty, the old lefty punter, the old Bill Belichick trick, right? Uh, old Bill Belichick trick. He kind of yeah, stopped doing got, that. Now he's got Jake Bailey because. Whenever he was doing it, there was only one or two in the entire NFL. Now it's like there's more, so returners aren't, like, startled that the ball's going the other direction. So Bill Belichick was like, all right, we don't have to just have lefties. I'm, I'm about pissed off with people doing this. Yeah, <laughs> like Ryan <laughs> if you, Allen. If you can hear a little sense out of my voice because <laughs> I, I said, like, uh, oh, Brett Kern's going to go Buffalo. Brett Kern fucking, like, one of the greatest punters of all time. 
And everybody's like, Brandon Bean only takes left-footed punters. I'm like, Brandon Bean has a brain. Okay, I'm assuming that <laughs> yeah. is not how this is going to go. Uh, but that was a thing with Bill for a long time because there was only like one or two. Yeah. So whenever you would show up, it was an extra thing that the other team had to prepare for. Just one more thing that the team that was playing against Patriots had to think about, had to bring in a guy. But now it's like much more common situation. So I think that's why it has kind of died off a little bit. Yeah, it was like 10, 15 years. And then in the Super Bowl against the Rams, it kind of was like Ryan Allen versus Johnny Hecker and then the year after that after Ryan Allen had like three punts of 60 yards in the Super Bowl a couple of them obviously you know rolled and got the doesn't right matter bounce. yeah no yard left behind still in the books but then Jake Bailey came in and beat him out and Bailey was it feels like the first you know right footed punter since 2008 or something he bombs fucking balls this crushes guy. him this guy doesn't leave the ground either I don't understand it. I don't understand how he does it. How do you it. do that? I don't know. He's a beast. Any were uh, for the Brantley. For the Brantley yeah. slash. I oh, forgot nice. about that. Yeah. Stanford, good dude, kills the ball, though. Yeah. So much fun. So much fun to watch him kick a ball. Um, but Sam Martin ends up getting that job mm-hmm. with the Buffalo Bills. Yeah. He's a righty. So hmm. we're back in the game, I guess, in Buffalo. Righties are allowed to punt in <laughs> Buffalo, New York. Let's go to the phones. We're supposed to do that 22 minutes ago. <laughs> hey, what was old buddy doing when he punted the ball 25 yards down the field in the college game? A South Carolina State <laughs> that guy? That was awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's that awesome. Was, yeah. That was amazing. <laughs> that, that, yeah. Tweet, awesome. that tweet of them saying, what was this? And I quote <laughs> it as awesome. Like, yeah. hey, listen, I don't know. It was certainly not legal. You're not allowed to punt the ball past the line of scrimmage, which uh, he will learn that lesson in a big way last That's right. Night. Yeah, he That's will. Right. But I guess he converted on a fourth and eight earlier in the drive, that same drive with oh. the same thing. We saw this come last year. He was running all the way up to the line. Whether or not he decided or thought he could make a first down, he would punt late. It was awesome to watch. And I, he that's where Shaq Leonard went to school. Mm-hmm. So I, I posted about him. Then Shaq Leonard hit me up. He's like, hey, this dude's awesome. Great athlete, obviously. Great punter. Good guy. So I remember this guy from last year. I'm happy on their opening night. He decided to fucking say, hey, <laughs> those who thought that I maybe have slowed down, <laughs> yeah. I have not. I have sped up. Him running eight yards down the field on a fourth and 18 and murdering a ball and it not getting blocked. I think is incredibly impressive, but against the rules, which is a damn shame. We should see more of that, AJ. Do you think guys were even trying to block it? They were trying to attack. Like, this dude, he can't punt the ball down here. Well, this is kind of like whenever a quarterback pump fakes seven yards down the field Jameis. and gets everybody like kind of jumpy yeah. used to get him. I wonder if he'll start like fake pump. Huh? He, should. <laughs> he should. He should. I don't know how. I don't know how often it's going to work. Sure. Mm-hmm against guys, other guys that have, like, a scheme to block said type of punt. But I think that dude's athletic enough to do whatever the fuck he wants. I love him. If he, he, I think he wore a hoodie under his pads yeah. last year. I fucking love him. I forget his name. I should know his name. But I fucking love that guy. A little stuff like that, too, is like which I forgot about. is like why college yep. football is awesome. Because <laughs> you ne- you're never seen that shit in the no. NFL, obviously. But it is nice. Like, some of these smaller schools seeing it, it – I'm excited for this weekend. So in college and on a punt, everybody, and I've said this numerous times, so I don't want to sound um, repetitive. Like a mark. <laughs> All right, we're going to shut up. Ignorant. <laughs> repetitive is the right thing. Okay. Not like a fucking mark. Jeez. Okay. I apologize that AJ even said that before I'm about to. <laughs> I apologize to the information I'm about to say. 
Okay. Because AJ shouldn't have said that before the said information no. gets said. So in college, uh, the punting rules are different than the NFL rules. That is why you see a lot of the rollout punts, like the guy from Pitt last night who just hung on to that rock yeah. as long as he possibly could, did not see, I think he did not see or expect old buddy to come late. Uh, CJ um, Donaldson Jr., I believe, was the one who did the block. Or uh, Same number. Who's number Same 12? number. Same number. Don't know if it was him or not. If it is, the guy might win a fucking Heisman. Sure. <laughs> he's unbelievable. Freshman or running back for West Virginia is a guy. I think he's playing special teams as well. But that punter was uh, holding on to the ball as long as possible because in college, everybody is allowed to cover the punt, leave, and go past the line of scrimmage before the ball is kicked. So the longer you delay by going to the right, the longer you can kind of extend your motion, the further down the field your coverage team can get, which means what? No return at all. There's zero. If they're going to catch it, it'll be a fair catch. And if it gets on the ground, they're not going to catch it because there's literally four guys normally right around it. So it's a return killer, basically taking your time and doing this. He did not see old buddy come off late. This is an Aussie rules thing that has been adapted into American football. We called it rugby for a long time because we didn't know that Australian rules football existed. Yes. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know because the commentators kept calling it a rugby kick. It's yeah. actually an Aussie rules kick, and Aussies are the reason why it has come into the American game for so much. Now, the reason why there's so many more Aussies in college than there is in the NFL is there's only 32 jobs, obviously, but there's a very different style of punting needed for the NFL because only two people are allowed to leave the line of scrimmage before the ball is punted, and those two people are the furthest outside guys, the ones on each side. Those are the only two that are allowed to leave the line of scrimmage. That's why whenever you see a double team on the Gunners, it's such a big deal because those two are the only motherfuckers that are allowed to cover before the ball is kicked, which probably takes about two seconds from snap to kick. So you have to have a much higher ball, a much bigger hang time, or you got to have a gunner that's a fucking dog. And if you do, you try to keep that guy around for as long as you can, a la Slater in New England and a couple others around the NFL. Bethel as well, Mm -hmm. uh, who was... Miami. Miami Dolphin now, formerly the Cardinals and the Patriots. So that is why you see the rollout punt in college, and you don't see it really in the NFL because the rules are built for that to have a much higher success rate in college with your coverage team getting down the field than it is in the NFL. And I will take my professor cap off and uh, leave it right at that, AJ. Do you think, though, because do you think the college game could change to the NFL rules on punt because they want more returns because those are very exciting for people? We don't really get to see that much. That would be an easy that would be an easy rule to change to get because they wouldn't be doing that Aussie punt anymore. Then Uh, I did a couple like semi Aussies in in the NFL, a couple rollouts. Yeah. Uh, I hit one against Green Bay that might still be going, (laughs) (laughs) might still be going. I mean, I fucking murdered. I think it was a penalty. No, roughing the punter afterwards. Hell yeah. Because you're allowed to rough the punter. Because I, if I act like I'm going to run, I am a runner, not a punter. So like that's another reason why oh. the NFL mm-hmm. can't. Wait, re- we can hit. We can hit the punter, but you can't hit him late. Like after he lets it go, though. Yes, yeah, so that's what happened. So I punted. I was running. I punted. I think, if I do recall, and it was the former Illinois coach. It was a special. Ron Zook. It was Ron Zook yeah. for the Green Bay Packers. He was a guy. They did a pull shoot. They did a fucking. They cheated. They did a pull shoot, and the guy hit me, I think, late. So t- Tom McMahon's dad, or t- Mitt's dad, Tom, was not happy. I mean, you're talking motherfucking across the field yeah. to the Zook guy. I think they had settled their differences since then. But I, f- I think I did it once against Green Bay. I did it once against Denver. I didn't hit it well at all. We tried it a couple times because in college, I got to the point where I could do that, and then I would hit this missile, like this low missile that – 
it was it was it was sick. Domestic, it, it was sweet. Yeah, I I've hit a couple of them that are probably still going. I hit one at UPMC whenever I was oh. very hungover in some off season. Uh, there was a Coles kicking camp happening at UPMC, a UPMC training center in Pittsburgh, and we had destroyed the South Side the night before. Yeah. And I was asked to come speak to these like kickers, punters that were at this camp, and I should not have been speaking to anybody, so I showed up late. I did not. I did not want to speak to them. I gave a couple of high fives, but I started fucking around kicking some balls, and I hadn't hit a rugby ball in some time. So I was like, oh, an Aussie rule ball, sorry, uh, sometimes. So I like rolled out to the right a little bit, and I hit it, and I hit that thing cleaner than I've ever hit a ball in my life. And it hit the top of the fucking UPMC building, and it sounded like an actual bomb went off. Everybody stopped. Everybody in the building stopped. And it was the drunk guy in the middle of the field. <laughs> Sorry. And then I just walked away. I think I was in jorts. I think I was wearing jorts at the time. But then that's why we did it the next season. Wow. I was like, hey, Tom, I think we should think about mm -hmm. this. Because Tom's like, if you can hit a ball 75 yards in the air, like we should do that. We should figure out how to block. We should try to yeah. block for that. But I couldn't get it as consistent enough. And with the NFL blocking, guys running like four fours, being like six five, there was no real comfort. Mm -hmm. There was no real comfort in me not getting killed doing it every time. That's pretty sweet, though. Yeah, I was. Mean, we tried. The option of it. We tried. Yeah. We tried our best. We did against Miami too, down in Miami. That same game that um, that same game that Charlie. Uh, Whitehurst blew his hamstring oh, up. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. We moved uh, tackle over. We even went tackle over. So it looked like a uh, it looked like a college lineup, too. Mm -hmm. And it was just going to be – I was just going to hit it as far as I fucking could. It was, just, <laughs> it was like, hey, let's – it was the last game of the season, I think. It was the last game of the season. So it was like, let's fucking try some shit yeah. for like next year. Let's see what mm -hmm. we can do. And I don't think I – I think I caught one of them. I think one of them almost got blocked. The other coach knew what we were doing. He was former Rutgers guy, former Rutgers coach. So he knew exactly what we were doing. He's, he brought the coach. guy off the far end. Shiano? Shiano man coaches. No, it wasn't Shiano. No, he was at Rutgers. The no. guy was, um, it was a special teams guy. I knew him from Rutgers. When I was at West Virginia, he was at Rutgers. Then he was Miami Dolphins special teams coordinator. So no. after the game, there was a fool. Like, hey, look like college again. I was like, yeah, your fucking guy almost <laughs> killed <laughs> Took my leg off. Because that's like, they, had, they knew to bring the backside like a backside sprinter is how you fucking just murder that. Because punter can't see it. And that guy probably is not getting blocked because everybody's blocking front side. So everybody's kind of motioning right. So the back left is where you are. And you're only going to roll to the right, too, because you're not going to punt rolling left, right? Yeah, unless you're a lefty, then obviously yeah, reverse it. it. Then you obviously reverse Terrible. it. And that's why they're like, oh, this guy can punt with both feet. It's like, it doesn't matter. People will know immediately upon. It's great. It's very athletic, yeah. but I don't think it's really changing the game at all. Darren Rizzi, I believe is his name, was at Rutgers special teams coach and Dolphins special teams coach. So Yeah, that's there it. There it is. That's the guy. Rizzi, good guy. I mean, we had great conversations throughout my time in college and in the NFL, but he almost fucking Hey, Con, is uh, the Patriots old special teams legend. He was coaching. Is he still coaching? Oh. Oh, old special teams. Oh, uh, back in the day, like he was there when early. He probably has two or three rings. He's right. very famous. He's awesome. Vinny talks about him. He's not there anymore. I know that. He's the godfather of this whole special team. He was with thing. the Giants for a little bit. He was coaching. Oh, so he's been with Belichick for a while then. Yeah, he, he was. was. The Giants, probably Cleveland, but no, they kept the same special teams coordinator that replaced Joe Judge when he left, and that, that's why Joe Judge is the QB uh, coach. Joe Judge, we had an onside kick on him. They fucked us. 
Yeah, he's a dog when it comes to special teams. He's very good, yeah. He was also on the fucking field. Oh, yeah. Is he coaching special teams for the Patriots, too? No, they kept the same guy. I forget what He's probably running cards, though, or some shit. Don't you got to be helping, yeah. right? Yeah, had, well, the, yeah, the guy who's the special teams coordinator now was, like, his protege yeah, yeah, when uh, Judge was with the Patriots. And they had a very good special teams after Judge left. They were the they were number – I think they were the number one special teams unit in uh, Izzo. 2019. Brad Seeley. 2020. I'm thinking Izzo from back in the day. Really? I don't know. Izzo, he was a special teamer with the Patriots, and then he's been coached. I don't know why I thought he was, he was one of my favorite players. How about fucking Bubba Ventrone, dude? Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's – Jim Irsay, one of his first answers, or one of the first things yeah. he said whenever we talked about the team that they had last year versus this year, he was like, "We I had to look around and see what we had the best of. We had the best running back. We had the best offensive line. We had the best special teams coordinator, Bubba Ventrone. Like, said his name. I was like, God damn. Bubba's a Pittsburgh guy. Played new. I think he played for the Steelers for a bit. He was with the Patriots most of the yeah. time, though. Uh-huh. I think he ended with the Steelers back at home. I think. I'm Ooh. not. I might. His brother might have played as well. Ross. But I almost. I, I told Bubba as soon as I saw him. I'm like, Hey, man. Uh, Ursay's first answer today basically was yeah. that you're the fucking best special teams yeah. coordinator in the NFL. So, I mean, I know you're not a businessman. You just want to kind of do the job and do the job right. It's fucking great, great clip to have just going forward <laughs> as a fellow Pittsburgh guy. Yeah, mentioned him being a head coach, right? Yeah, NFL, yeah. not just like a good special teams coordinator, like yep. some guy that will continue to you know rise the ranks. Pittsburgh guy used. Did to- Joe Judge hurt that though for special teams guys getting head coaching gigs? Oh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh, Harbaugh's yeah, that's still right. a guy. That's right, that's right. Harbaugh's still a guy. Harbaugh's still a guy. I think Darren Simmons could do it too. Cincinnati special teams coach. He he's interviewed for some head gigs. I love that man. Why is he all? He's just because he's such a good special teams coordinator. They just keep him around. He never wants to leave. Yeah, honestly, I he's awesome. Like uh, I told you, I told him day one, first meeting. I'm like, hey man, like I've, this is my tenth year. I've learned a lot just sitting in this meeting. Like you, yeah. He just has a great rapport. He knows how to handle guys. He works works his balls off. I don't know. Maybe he will actually get a head coaching job at some point. He's been like three, four head coaches though, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's been there for, he's, for a long time. Yeah, and he looks like he's you know 35. He's got this yeah. fucking yeah. visor. Mm-hmm. He really, crazy goes crazy every game. Like yeah, he's Danny awesome. Smith could be a head coach. Who's yeah, that? Danny Smith. Uh, we hope. I mean, <laughs> I fucking hope they let Danny Smith be a head coach. The Steelers special teams coordinator. An absolute legend. Hey, Danny. Danny's going to be shown this by numerous people, whether it's his kids or people around the building. Hey, Danny, why don't you chew some fucking gum and go get some head coaching <laughs> interviews? Okay, let's go, pal. Uh, what do huh? you say? Yeah. Huh? And don't forget about Richie Bisaccia. I was going to say, do you okay. think that AJ. he'll get another head coaching oh. opportunity? I he, did forget about Rich Bisaccia. Yeah. the Packers special teams, then. Yeah. That's going to be a tall task. Yeah, bingo. But I, I think everybody loves that fucking guy, right? Everybody yes. loves mm-hmm. that guy. That's what it takes. Special teams coordinators, and this is always chatted about, when Rich Passaccia was named the interim head coach, the first, the talking point for everybody that has ever been in the NFL was like, well, special teams coach has talked to the whole team. Offense talks the offense mostly. Defense talks to defense mostly. The special teams coordinator has got to reach every single room. And even the big guys because field goal unit and field goal block. Like, that is the talking point. But it's real. Like, they have to be able to relate to so many motherfuckers. So many mother. There are so many different motherfuckers playing in the NFL at different positions. From corner to offensive linemen, special teams coordinators have to be able to relate to and reach and get to buy in on something that none of them like. So I think more special teams coordinators would be good head coaches, but it's going to take a couple of the top guys to really get that opportunity to prove it, I think. Yeah, it is. I mean, you, you laid it out perfectly. They do. They, they have to hold guys accountable. They have to 
be there and make them care about something that is secondary to most every player. Like, hey, no, I'm, I'm supposed to be a starter, man. I'm supposed to be on the field. I'm supposed to be a corner or wide out, whatever. And, and the coach said, yeah, you're supposed to, bud, but this is where you're going to – this is the only way you're getting on the field is if you show that you can play on special teams here. I know you haven't done it in a while, but you got to buy in and do it. And it's cool to see when they actually do it. You see guys that maybe like – we're like, oh, come on, man, I'm not – I'm above that. You know, guys come in sometimes and think they're above special teams, and then seeing them buy in, understand the process, and respect the coach and the whole thing. I'm like, all right, it's cool, man. It's a tough gig though to get somebody that doesn't want to be there to eventually like start playing very well on special teams and has never played it before. Not only they it's a not, different world. Yeah, it's a different sport. Not only do they not want to be there. They've never played it before, but the coach has to somehow give them a conversation in a proper laid out fashion. How some guys very direct, some guys make things a joke, uh, and like the hard stuff, make it a little bit joke. Let's bypass that. Some guys have different ways to make people realize, like, hey, this is your life. But it, it is a difficult thing to say, hey, you are a starting linebacker in Dwayne Johnson's league. <laughs> okay, in in this league, you are. You're a left guard on the punt team. So you, you that's that's up like that message with getting that person to buy in and then teaching them. They have to teach them fundamentals like yeah. going back to having a how do you do a three-point stance? How do you do that? That's what people had to do. They have to teach fucking adults that are good enough to make mm -hmm. it to the NFL at other positions how to do a new job. All right, you need to do a pass set basically. Mm -hmm. Stay right on the fucking line. What do you mean? Like, yeah, kick your leg. Yeah, yeah, you're close there. And guys are like, oh, I backpedaled before. I've done this before. I've never had to fucking. <laughs> okay, yeah. And if you take one, like one wrong step, we're gonna pump block and we lose the game on you. You're not. You don't have a job anymore. Yeah. Oh, okay, this is great. Yeah, and also get a hand up. And if a twister comes, you got to get them. I've never done any of this before. We know. Yeah, we got a game two days. Figure it the fuck out. Okay. Yeah. Like that is what special teams is. I don't know how it doesn't become a fucking explosion more. Mm -hmm. You know. Also, though, that guy that you just that that coach. Taught him to kick slide and do all that. Okay, let's say you go into the game first quarter. That guy, whoever's starting in that guy's position gets hurt. He gets bumped in the starting lineup. This guy comes off a punt team. I got to coach up some other kid, put him in a guard who's probably never done it. Well, not only that, the guy that was trying to learn how to fucking punt set did zero studying for the game. <laughs> But now he has to run punt reps, kickoff reps, and now he's on the defense that he did not because he's, he's begging to get off something. Man, coach, just give me off kickoff at least something. <laughs> I'll do a punt. I'll do a punt. I'll do one punt. I'll do one punt for you. Jack Doyle was the fucking best, man. Jack Doyle is my favorite story because we picked him up. He got released by the Titans. He's a local guy here. He comes in. He's a tight end. Didn't really talk to anybody. Just super quiet, hardworking guy. But day one, he was good at everything. Like, tight end, he was running the right routes. He was doing everything right. Special teams, he was just doing his thing. And he made his team being, like, my left wing or whatever. Pretty big job, especially because most of my punts go in this way, even my punts to the left. So he's on the back side of that. I need it. He's got this big beard. Good guy. We have a good rapport. And then he started playing on offense a lot more because he wasn't. And they didn't take him off. And he's not the type of guy that would bitch at all to get off. So it's almost like he was certainly taken advantage of, but we knew he'd do his job. Him openly coming up to me being like, hey, let's get this one off quick. And like while I'm jogging on the field, like, hey, this one, I'm not covering it and we need to get this one off. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ah, I got you, dude. Out of bounds. Hey, I got you, dude. Yeah, like that was, uh, it would like, I would like laugh like in his face almost while he's fucking full on. <laughs> Dying. And, you know, you watch the film back. Obviously, Jack locked his guy up. Jack got his coverage lane. Like, he did his whole thing. But that's literally his thoughts before a punt. Like, 
Oh my God, everything I've done means nothing if I fucking give up a block yeah. right now. If I give up a block right now, nobody will remember anything that I fucking did. It's a nightmare. It's I, I don't know how it is in a bigger fuck up every single game in the NFL, in college, in anything. Because the amount of moving pieces, it's just any play could be the fucking end of it, honestly. Well, that's like how common is it for like the Packers who like they've their special teams has kind of been like the, hey, you can't let this be the reason you lose a game late. for the, Like, can that even change? Like, you, even if you hire Rich Passaccia, like, can that change? Like, you think so? Yeah, because it's the little things, right? It's all the little absolutely things. Absolutely can change, yeah. I think. Yeah. And it's a whole new mindset. You just got to get people to buy in that they're doing it. So I don't know what the culture is about special teams around that building. I assume it's been very negative for a mm-hmm. long time. Rich Passaccia, from what everybody said, is like guy everybody rallies around and loves. Yeah. So if he's the leader of the group, like I think you can change it. I think you can. Don't you, AJ? 100%. And it, those guys are super detail-oriented. The, the great special teams coaches, like I said, Darren Keith Armstrong, who's down in Tampa Bay now, I think is a special teams genius. Just he should be. He's had some head coaching interviews as well. They're so detail-oriented, and they get – yeah, it's it, – just how they set things up, I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense now. You're not killing us, but I understand completely, hey, if I'm running down on kickoff and I see him setting up this way, I know this is this is the returns going this way. Okay, they're setting up like that. The returns going up the middle. Like they teach little things like that and under, to get guys to understand what's happening. It's like the psychology almost of it. Yeah, why okay, what's happening? Why I think they do a good job breaking it down. Okay, they got why? three returns. If you see this in front of you, you attack his face. If you see him double, you split him. If you see this, you gotta go. You got to go to on his left side because you know they're trying to cut you off to get to that side of the field. I think just like any coaching, you explain the why, people will buy in a lot more. Mm. You know, yeah. like you explain like why we're doing what we're doing. Hey, this person is going to flash you. They're going to flash block. They're going to think you. You're going to mm. think they're hitting you. They're flashing you, and then they're going to go and decleat this guy right over here. Your guy, one of our other guys. So when he comes to flash you, need you to chip him. Okay, need you to chip that guy because he's going to go fucking kill our person over there. And if he does that, get look at the fucking, huh? you see the lane that happens here. It's like that type of stuff is what I think makes you better, makes you worse. And if you can get people to buy into those things, I think you get, we had the fourth down army for a bit. And it was like people, I think our squad like enjoyed going out and doing it. Took pride, take pride in it, yeah. Yeah, we were fucking really good. I was really lucky to be surrounded by incredible guys we had a core unit of like six guys that were backup safety backup running back backup linebacker tight end and it was like we don't know what's going to happen on the offensive defensive side of the ball but we know in our particular unit we are going to beat the fuck out of people and we did we didn't give up a return yard for like 13 weeks 14 weeks or something like that but every single week it was like a celebration though but you had the same guys though right like that's yes that's how at ohio state coach trestle says from day one punt the most important play in football i played left wing for four straight years at ohio state in the old school pocket kick slide stay on the hip and my freshman year i'm sitting out there playing left wing and we went 14 no won the national championship somehow and we had a lot of very close games i'm like i probably should not have been there like that's a tough spot (laughs) if i take one extra kick slide i don't stay on the hip who at the time was Matt Wilhelm, All-American middle linebacker, playing tackle right there that year. If I get off his hip, they go right there. That's a great little lane for them to run and block this punt. We may not win a national championship. Like I was like, I don't know. I'm glad I didn't think about that in a moment. How about this? Yes, I look back on a lot of shit, yeah. and I'm like, man, I was so nervous. Stupid. Oh, my God. How ner- I had to be so – how did I do that? You – by the way, thanks for buying into fucking yeah. special yeah. teams. I loved it. I took pride – we took a lot of pride in, like, our kick slide. I'm like, man, okay, I'd be like, I'll be with you, man. I promise you I will not leave your hip. That's all. Just don't leave your guy. 
Don't leave your guy out to dry and stay with you. They can't block it because they're not fast enough to go over the edge and get a block. So your discipline that you maintained through your entire life back in the day it used to be your discipline of talking, right? He was a yep, mute. That's right. Mm-hmm. Now yeah. your discipline in your meal and your workout and your robotic days. But you never in that national championship against the U, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming there are some dogs Pretty coming Pretty good off athletes. The edge. Yeah. yeah. You you fall for one, ha, and you just kick out like this and he hits you with an up and under, bang. Block, I think the stats were like block kick. You, if you block a kick, you win like 82% mm-hmm. of the games or something like that. And who You're knows? making me kind of nervous, actually, thinking going back, put myself in that game. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, dude. I don't know how anybody does it because if I'm kicking and a guy gives me one, I'm like, oh, I'm going to go get And then it's you, literally <laughs> the game's See over. Ya. You lost yeah. the game. You just lost the game. Thank you for coming. Hope you've enjoyed your football life. You just lost the game. That is kind of how it is viewed and kind of the outcome of it. And it's so minute and you have to buy in. It's. I think it can be changed, is what we're saying. We think it can be changed. Yeah, and Basaccia feels yeah, like the guy. Yeah, he's got a PhD. All right, let's go to the phone line. We're supposed to do this 46 minutes ago. <laughs> good conversation. On Special teams rant. It was good, because last night, there was a lot of people, why is this punter hold on? Ball so fuck you on. <laughs> a lot of that. It was like, well, he's probably told to hold on to the ball a little bit longer. That's why they have him doing it. That's his style. I believe he's an Aussie. He assumes looks like he's an Aussie. If not, he's American and does Aussie very well. And I don't think he saw that guy coming. It was a big moment, though. Yeah, like, oh, huge moment. Block punt. I'm like, oh, we won the game. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was literally like, oh, we won the Start game. Start the half. And obviously on the other side of stats, unless yeah, it's 100 or nothing. Stats are also not very good for winning the game. Fucking Bryce Ford Wheaton. I appreciate you on the Mountaineers, cuz. Oh, yeah. You're fucking really good. And I knew your grandpa, Coach Ford, Garrett Ford, uh, senior, they showed him at West, uh, mm-hmm. West Virginia running back. He was a stallion of a man. Bryce Ford Wheaton's coming back. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. That, 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 that was devastating. Tough. He was two tuds, block, or big-time special team. This guy's a fucking guy. Mm-hmm. I think West Virginia can play. You know what, though? If you're going to get the ball 50 times a game like that kid's going to, some shit's mm-hmm. going to go wrong, Bryce. Fucking eat it and move on, bub. Don't you fucking worry about it. Now, that running back, Donaldson, mm-hmm. he's a dog. He's a freshman. Yeah. 6'2", two, yeah. two something. Big tight end, they said, at the beginning. And they are like, but they had some sort of inkling that he wasn't just playing <laughs> tight end. Yeah, he's going to get the ball, yeah. Yeah. We should have kept feeding. There was that fourth and mm-hmm. One. couple mm-hmm. inches yep. in the fourth quarter. 50. You know. Oh, yeah. Six minutes left. Perfect punt afterwards. Yeah, You're playing against 17 in the country. Rivalry game. Yeah. On the road. You, you Your team brawl. is brand new. Literally, your team is brand new. All the people that are making plays for you right now, I mean, except for the diehards that are living in Morgantown, have no fucking idea who these guys are. Stills on defense, dog. Love him. Thankful he's back. But other than that, I didn't really know who anybody was. I haven't paid attention close enough. You get that. I think you got to go. Yeah, have to. I, I think you got to. Have to. Hey, everybody can judge hindsight. Sure. I understand. They go on. They pin him. They block that. They do the thing. He's a genius. That ends up not happening, but that was the big conversation piece after the game was, what's the deal, bro? Why yeah, don't we get bold to Fourth and one. Just like we got our, all, our entire offense line back, and we got a new run back that's bigger, faster, stronger than everybody on the field. Grant so, Harris called He play. said after the game, he said, if I was put back in that situation, I'd do it again. See, there can't do go. that. That's what we're talking there about with Aaron earlier. Allowed to learn. Allowed to learn. Allowed to learn from your mistakes. Allowed to, ev- allowed to evolve with more information and knowledge. So – he knows how the outcome was. 
and he'd still go I'd back and do the do same thing. Again. Can't do it. Do it again. Today. That's like me going. You know what? I'll go back to thirteen nine. Pull that one harder left. <laughs> you know, I pull that one harder left. The first one, and then the second one. I'm hitting that right into the back of one of our offensive linemen so hard that I actually injure him. So the, it's worse. Yeah. That's what that's. So why, why do you say that? Why do you do that? Coach Brian means he'll do it again next time, right? But th- will there be another backyard brawl where no- nobody knows your team? <sighs> That's what I'm saying. So, like, saying, why did he say, are you, you want the pit, though? This yeah, fucking, true. You also went to West Virginia. Uh, also went to West Virginia. Maybe but, it's what the book said to do. <laughs> Is that why, Nick? Did you listen to the full thing? Why? I just saw a transcribe, transcribe quote where he said, you know, put, put in that situation, I'd do it again. Okay. Hmm. It's hard to trust the climb, Neil. Trust if you say, you go right back down to the campsite. <laughs> They had a bear eating everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't know why we trust the climb. <laughs> if we once we get past it, you know, you just say, "Yeah, I'll go right back through that bear." Because you know why? Why's that? Because his team's gonna be hardened by this. Hell yeah. That's right. So that's why he go back and get the same exact outcome. His team's gonna be hardened by this, and we're gonna carry it through the rest of the season. Still, a lot of games to be played and a lot of growth to be had for this Mountaineer team. That's why Neil Brown said, "I trust the climb." The fuck? Yeah, dude, I don't know if shame. that guy's ever reaching the summit. Unfortunately. What? He had fire last night. You just he had did. fire yet? He did. He did. He you want to win that Thursday game, too, as a college yeah. kid. That Thursday game, if you win, oh. you get the whole weekend as a college student. You can go hang out. Well, it's the first weekend in college. They're going to have a good time working Morgantown regardless. But you're right. It would have been a much better vibes. Yeah. A lot easier to get into that good time. And all those insufferable Pitt Panthers. Oh, my God. For the rest of the fucking year. There was, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? You That's, hate Pitt, huh? I partied there. I had a good time there. But, yeah, I mean – Worst night of my life was because of that fucking school, you know? So I will remember that. CFO Phil is like a super pit mark. He's fucking <laughs> disgusting. Did he go there? Yeah, yeah his yeah. whole fucking family did. Now he's Toast brainwashing there. his kids into thinking there's no other school. It's like, hey, little Phil, wait till Uncle Pat gets old. You're around 14, 15 years old. You know he's a I mean? hockey player, right? Stud. He's a great athlete. That yeah, so he's going to be he's gonna be in like Alaska with a host family when he's 12. Minnesota probably, but also – Phil is a hockey coach, so. Oh, okay. So, Phil, okay. You know what I mean? Can Phil skate backwards? Mm-hmm. He can stop, too. It's crazy. Ooh. He can spray ice? Mm-hmm. I got to figure that out. Like Mendoza. Oh. Let's go to the phones. <laughs> God. Who? Yeah. Louis. Luis Mendoza, Luis Mendoza, yeah. Mm-hmm. Fastest guy you've ever seen, blue line to blue line. Couldn't yeah. stop. Yeah. Then he could. <laughs> In the ice. Yeah. 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 Huh? Took me a minute. Thank you. There you go. There you Mendoza. Go. Holy shit. I'm so proud of me right now. That's pretty good. Thank you. Let's go to the phones. Thank you. You guys have all had some good ones as well. But that one felt really <laughs> yeah. good right there. Uh, let's go to um, Andrew in Los Angeles. Andrew, how's it going, pal? Sorry. Sorry we've been saying we're going to literally go to the phones for 51 minutes now. On a 5 Energy <laughs> phone line, go to 5energy.com. Use promo code McAfee for 10% off. Oh, yeah. And get a whole get get one get of those pallet. gas stations. Yeah, the big ones. Don't be a fool. Yeah, Order a carton, get a pallet. Don't do it one at a time. That's no, what no. the losers are doing. Drink them all at once. And, no, hey, you don't. You don't have to. That's the that's the great thing about yeah. five hour energy. You don't have to. You only need one. And see you later. We're having a great afternoon. What do you want to talk about, Andrew in Los Angeles? How's the traffic? Uh, traffic's terrible as always. Hey Pat, how, how we that? doing? Keep it moving. Happy feel good Friday. <laughs> Love that. Yeah. There we go. Andrew's a dog. He's, yeah. He's a dog. He's a dog. Sounds like a little bit of an aggressive I'm a dog. dog. Hey, what do you want to talk about, dog? Hey, I want to talk about my favorite team, lifelong fan. Um, 
Jerry Jones owned and operated Dallas Cowboys. Um, usually when we have high expectations, we do pretty bad. Like a couple years ago when A.J. Hawk had us in the Super Bowl, we won like six games. Franchise QB got hurt. Then next quarterback yeah, got to you know. decapitate and nobody helped him up. That's right. Uh-huh. Fucking Anyways, uh, we, we seem to have low expectations. People on Hammer Don and uh, ESPN saying the Eagles going to win the division. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that and follow-up question. What do the boys think about Andrew Tate? Thank you, Andrew. Andrew Tate's the guy that got kicked off the internet? Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, great question, Andrew. Is that Andrew Tate? Could have been. Could have been. No. Didn't sound like him, but could have been. I don't know who this person is, but I would enjoy the fact if somebody was getting kicked off the internet that they decided to call into live shows on the internet. That'd be sweet. That would be cool. That would be hilarious. Be a good move. That'd be an Alex Jones move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My name's Kyle. <laughs> Kyle from Kansas. We are so, so broke. It's <laughs> just lying. Yeah. What a fucking menace. Andrew Tate, I don't know anything about him, though. I've seen he was kicked off the internet. I, uh, I'm i sure it all worked out. You know, I don't, I'm sure it all worked what did, out. What did he do? I, I've seen a lot of his, like, whatever his rants. What did, what officially got him kicked off the internet? Do we know? So I don't even know what his rants are. Is he a political guy? Is he a no. pop culture guy? Is uh, he a sports guy? I thought he was like some genre dance electronic guy. Dance, he's a DJ? And martial arts kickboxing. Now. I think he was a, he was a kickboxer. Kickboxing yeah. champion. He was a big no-man guy. Very, uh, very pro-man. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Possession, ownership of women, stuff like that. Oh, great. So Andrew in L.A. wants to know what our thoughts are on Andrew Tate. I guess. Sounds like uh, glowing reviews from the back room here about who he is. <laughs> yeah. Sure. The internet kicked him off. Uh, that's just what I'm reading from headlines. Like, I've never seen his content. Or- uh, I'm sure Andrew Tate would be pissed that that was what the headline. Nonetheless, we don't fucking know who he is. I don't yeah. know who he is. Uh, I'm sure it'll all get worked out. I'm sure it'll all end up great, too. I'm sure there'll be yeah. no drama at all around it. The kicked off the internet thing is interesting, though. Yeah, you got to do a lot of stuff mm-hmm. to, for that to happen. Different guys are. Yeah. So Nelk no, no guys got their YouTube, right? Steve. Yeah, I think so. Oh, shit. He, he's trying to give back. Do they give it back then? How does that work? I don't know. I don't understand any of it. Because that's a big deal for one of those guys to get your channel pulled. Yes, for right? sure. But th- just to be kicked off the internet, definitely a big deal to get your channel pulled. Yes. We have gotten strikes from people that we thought we were close to getting our shit pulled. We would not enjoy that at all because YouTube, for all of its gripes that everybody has for them, we've been able to operate as an independent show with zero. Mm-hmm. Like, it's fucking, we are very thankful. So it would be huge for us. And there's channels that are much, 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 much larger and obviously much better than ours that would depend upon it every single day and their business and their life and everything like that. But I don't know, how do they just ban you from the internet yeah that wasn't that process doesn't even make any sense to me so is it your ip address like how i don't just platforms right no i think yeah like andrew tate i think it's like instagram it's a lot of stuff i don't think it's just one so he cannot sign up for another account he cannot create a new email he cannot do anything to get another last time we saw this was alex jones and how did that work because his still have no idea i I don't even know how (laughs) i just I just kind of went with, oh, he's, he's banned. What okay. if he makes a new he's email banned. account? Like, get, I remember like Alex Jones tried to create new like, uh, accounts, and they would just delete it right away. Oh, yeah. so they're actively seeking yeah. Andrew Tate's new accounts, finding right again, him. Though, but uh, like, people would upload Alex Jones' videos, and you'd see it on YouTube regardless. Uh, but where were his videos yeah, being showcased to anybody yet? 
on his website. His website yeah. Yeah. So he, he wasn't banned from the internet. Then. No, just, he's just no. banned from social media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, well, you'll still find him in reels. There'll be clips of him on podcasts and different shows. But somebody else posted it, not him. It was all other people, yeah. I think. Putting it's it's all, exactly. So that's what it means whenever you're kicked off the internet, you're not able to have a platform on these social media sites. Yeah, no, yeah. Yeah, exactly. you, you can still get access to the internet and create your own website and everything yeah. like that. Right. Okay. So it's the next Wi-Fi level band shadow band, cool, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's a super duper it's shadow super band. It's a super duper shadow band. Yeah, it's an actual band. It's not yeah. a shadow right. band. Right. Right. Nothing shadow. It's a full band. Yeah, so it's a real shadow band. Man band. The shadow band, they just act like it didn't happen. The actual band, they come out and say it did hey, happen. Yeah, this is very real. Okay, got it. I've been banned a couple shadow band a couple times on oh, a couple yeah. different platforms. I wonder what? why. I don't know. Oh, I know why. You used the word dude. <laughs> you did use the word dude. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah, that was on the uh, NFL's yeah. comments. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. That was awesome. I wonder if Omar is going to shadow ban me on the Sports Center account. If I'm, you use bruh enough, he no, might. Yeah. I, I'm starting to I'm starting to comment on the Sports Center Instagram a little bit. I've been doing a lot of he is, isn't he, to Omar. You know, Omar uh, Sports Center, Bleacher Report, Checkdown, yeah. what? Yeah, NFL, you name House it. Of highlights. Highlights. House of Highlights. Mm-hmm. He's running them all. Yeah, oh, shadow banned for saying dude. That's what they said. Yeah, yeah. hate speech. Yeah, man. That's hate speech. Yeah. Yeah. They and then, yeah. I mean, that was the whole thing. Remember, I told the NFL social media person I was ready. We didn't have a deal done with uh, NFL Films at that time. We were talking. I was willing to sacrifice it to take a stand, though. Yeah. There's no reason for me to be banned from the NFL comments. So I just made a statement to the NFL social media person that they've done fucking nothing for the league. You've been handed something. And shut the fuck up, basically. Uh, if you want to ban me, somebody that played in there covers it every fucking day. Like I don't, I don't comment ever. So like that's why I didn't find out that I'd been, you know, shadow banned. But it was something with Matt Ryan happening. I'm like, I want everybody to know that I'm fucking on board with this guy. <laughs> yeah. I want everybody that's to right. know. First time I was actually excited to comment because I guess this is what people do on Instagram. I don't do enough of it. Like commenting is how. You know, it's like a good time on there, I guess. I never fucking do it. No. I do it one time, came sit. Zero sound. likes. So I got upset. And then turned out the NFL told me it wasn't a social media person, so I had to take back. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I don't. I still don't. I don't take it back. Nope. Fuck you, person that banned me. <laughs> yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah, because you definitely did. They told the people that don't understand the platforms that, oh, something must have happened, but they certainly did. And there's no reason to do so. <laughs> Other than just being a fucking punk, I think. Can't do it. Can't do it. That's these social media degrees. They're getting jobs. People like having power, man. They do. It's little yellow coats running the social media. Exactly. It's little yellow jackets. Mm-hmm. Fucking hate them. You know, the security people? Oh, yeah. Like concerts? Oh, Way yeah. security. They have all the power. Oh, yeah. They do have a lot of power. Mm-hmm. They do not. They do not. I will mm-hmm. drive right the fuck by. Not, not <laughs> even... I'm not even entertaining a convo right now no. with you. I do not have time. I don't have the direction. I'm a bad person. They're just trying to do their job. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. Student drivers, I also give them a run around. Let them oh. know shit ain't sweet out here. You know, hey, welcome oh, yeah. to the streets. That's a good learning experience. Yeah. Welcome yeah. to you the streets. You should do that. If you yeah. do not beep your horn at least once at a student driver, you are not making the course hard enough. Yeah. They are coming into our roads. Sure. You're right. Okay. Prepare them. Exactly. Cut them off, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you, you can't do anything that would require them to be a good driver for you not to get hit. So 
Do with that as you may. Yeah, egg their car. They're going no, 50 you don't on egg the student driver car. That's being owned by somebody who's making no money yeah, sitting maybe, there maybe. with these people. No. That'd be such Windows a tough open. job. Terrible. What if you were the instructor? I had four. My they were called on roads. I don't know what you guys called them. I, they were four hours at a time where I would drive a dude around. Yep, and that guy mm-hmm. fell asleep. I would have. No, he didn't. I don't know how. Did your guy's awful. car have the brake pedal? Like the passenger yeah, brake pedal? Yeah. yeah, the student yeah. driver one, yeah. I think oh, it has to. It has to. <laughs> yeah, ours didn't. Okay, Chicago's living dangerously. That's ours right. didn't either. We could drive our own car, too, for our on-road. So. Really? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, I think times. it was in my teacher's car. I, I think about Our guy definitely had the brake. Couldn't do it. My guy fell asleep. <laughs> just sleeping. For I wish my guy would have fell asleep. Yeah, my guy was one of our football coaches, so it, we just drove around out. Yep. Drink beers. <laughs> Packed in. We drove around. He fell asleep. Like and two or three. <laughs> like you had to stay underneath the, the limit. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was there direction though before he fell asleep? Like go to this spot. Uh yeah. We just went to like some like Dairy Queen or something. But yeah, parking lot. Yeah. Just hung out. He was great. That's he was awesome. probably the best. Yeah. The best teacher I've ever had. Dude's great. No offense, Miss Anilovich. Mr. Kearns. R.I.P. Who? Do not say that. Come on. <laughs> She's Who? not dead. No, no, no. Really? Oh, I think so. Is that the lady that got bitten yeah. by the chimp? No. no that's Miss Brooke, dude. That's Miss Brooke. Yeah, go Mustangs. Come on. Yeah, go, go Mustangs. Mustangs, dude. Stangs we got the Foxes tonight. Fox Chapel. The Yuppies yeah. taking on the Mustangs. Let's, Let's go. go. Rivalry week. Let's go, yeah. Mustangs. <laughs> Every week's rivalry week. We're plumb. We got right. chips on our shoulder against everybody. Game, exactly. Is it purple and gold? Is that your colors? You damn right. Damn right. Shut up, Connor. Stangs up, baby. Connor, you went to four high schools. None of them were plump. One of them was plump in my heart. Let's go to a couple phone calls. I think I saw Connor wearing a varsity jacket the other day. I did have my varsity letterman on. Um, Let's go to Nick in Texas. Nick, what's going on, pal? Nothing much, Pat. Uh, I was just curious because they were starting to make kickoffs to the one-yard line. They did it last night in the West Virginia game. But they're doing it in the NFL. I'm curious if they're going to continue to do that and what's your thoughts on it. Uh, college, it's just the fair catch thing yeah. changed everything. You just, if you get the ball in the air down the field, it's going to end up at the 25. So I think that's what a lot of people are doing. I don't know why the balls aren't getting smashed out. In the NFL, they're just right now they're trying to see who can cover, who can't. You'll see teams just blast it through the end zone every time. I mean, that is just something yeah. people do. It depends on how your special teams unit is. We were just talking about it. If you got a good group, you want to go ahead and tackle them. You want to go ahead and try to pin them. If you don't, hey, we'll just give them ball 20, 25, yeah, yep, whatever it is. Let's move on. That's kind of how it goes. Is yeah. that what you want Mason to do, huh? Yeah. I mean, I, hey, whatever it takes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Fucking giving up six, seven return touchdowns a year. It's not always easy just to blast the ball through the end zone, by the way. There's no, some, no. You Sometimes you can't with the wind, yeah. There's some stadiums, yeah, where it gets a little difficult. And I'll never forget uh, a couple guys, a kickoff team, who also played defense and were just kind of playing a lot of plays. Say kickoff fourth quarter or so, middle of the quarter. We're up, let's say ten at the time. Pretty big defensive drive coming up. Hey, need a touchback here, Pat. <laughs> Walking by, need a touchback here. Okay, let's not get, let's not do anything crazy. I mean, yeah, you got it, Pat. We're going right into about 10, 15 miles. Hey, I got a full drive coming up next, Pat. Need a touchdown. Just kind of walking off. It's like a real. I got about like, ten plays coming up, and I'm going to be already deathly winded if you put this thing at the three. Full sprint, full force, all-out effort. Ha, 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 hold your lane, get double teamed probably, and then run into a car crash. And then they're spotting the ball. you got to get back up, and let's fucking go rush the pass. As soon as you get yeah. up, though, 
the offense is sprinting onto the field too. Like that—that that seems to happen when you're in that situation. No where all of a sudden, the offense is real antsy and they want to get to the line as fast as they can. Can we slow this down a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> hey, hell of a week. We can't thank you all enough. Big thanks to Stephon Diggs, Aaron Rodgers, obviously AJ Hawk, you're the best. Darius Butler in studio all week. I mm-hmm. uh, can't wait to get the regular season started. Aaron Rodgers Tuesday Woo! was announced yeah. for an unprecedented season three today. It was a hell of a Friday. You guys got hammered Don today? Yeah, I'm a piss real quick. We got picks Friday, giving out all the picks for the weekend. <laughs> okay, oh. sweet. Thank uh, you for that. Talk to the table. Great job this week. Everybody in the back, fantastic. Ty. Your Lou Holtz was really go, highlight it. of the week, buddy. Appreciate I appreciate it. you. Ty, I got I got texts from random people I hadn't heard of heard from in a long time about Lou Holtz. So Ty, you should be proud. Hell yeah. Universally beloved. Yeah, James Franklin saw it. In a world full <laughs> yeah, of fickle right. fans. Uh-huh. That felt to be universally loved. So I want to say thank you for allowing us to be a part of it. Hey, you time. bet. Thanks for letting me do it. We'll see you guys on <laughs> Tuesday. We're off Monday. Oh, we're lazy. It's Labor Day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Golly. All right, see you Tuesday. It's football week. Hell yeah! week. Have a great weekend. I appreciate you all so much. Goodbye. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday. Screenshot yourself playing the field goal oh, face-off. Yeah. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, put your cash tag in there and give um, say something nice to somebody, and we'll give uh, 15 people 500 bucks. Okay. Also, if you play field goal face-off, remember there's only a few days left to get the highest score of the first week. Highest score of the first week on the field goal face-off in the FanDuel face-off app will win a $10,000 first-place prize, wow. and then $100 will be given to 100 people with the next highest scores. If there's a tie for the high score, which is going to be difficult because there's a lot of points to be had, mm-hmm. uh, that money will be split for the first-place one. So screenshot yourself playing field goal face-off. Use the hashtag PMS Feel Good Friday. Uh, put your cash tag in there and say something nice to somebody. Let's have the greatest weekend of all time. Yeah. See you on Tuesday. Goodbye. We love you and appreciate you all more than you could ever fathom.